Hoshimoshi Guardians, it's July 17th and 18th, 2016, and you're listening to Ghost Stories, a Destiny podcast. This is episode 32, and we are going to wrap up our exotic specials, uh, special weapons, and uh, I think we've got snipers, fusions, and Danny's, uh, what is this one? Dreg's Promise, so the, our, yeah, we'll, we'll throw that one in there too. Uh, but before we do... We've got some more feedback and, and observations about our uh, other episodes, our previous episodes, and a couple more exotic stories from listeners and a super special exotic story, but we'll get to that in just a minute. I am... Well, who am I this week? I'm Triple X-Ray, and <laughs> with me tonight, I've got Drop Sextant. Yeah. I had to, I had to take that. That's going to come up in the corrections and comments later. I, I have not heard the end of that. <clears throat> yeah. It, it, it's a rough one. So, how you been, man? What's going on? Uh, not too bad. Spent earlier this week helping folks from the uh, fan chat get through the hard mode raid. My fire team and I were taking people through it, get that that final clear for the moments of triumph. So that was fun. Very cool. Yeah, I'm almost uh, done with my mountain top or whatever it's Your called. Muffin top. Muffins. <laughs> whoa, whoa! Damn. <laughs> Should I be insulted by that? I kind of am, but meh. Oh, not going to only imagine yeah. Shaq saying that. <laughs> <laughs> oh, man. Okay. Uh, and then we've got Grab the Ratchet. What's going on, man? <laughs> not much. Not much. Um, I watched the first episode of that new Netflix series, Stranger Things, today. It seems pretty Ooh, awesome. I heard oh, it, actually. I heard good things about it. Uh, yeah, it was described, before I watched it, it was described to me as, um, oh man, what did he say? He was like, Super 8 meets Twin Peaks meets um, Alien. Whoa. Whoa. So. That sounds <laughs> And then I right read I read some review before I watched it, I read some reviews, and somebody was like, yeah, it's like Amblin era Spielberg meets mid-80s <laughs> Stephen King. <laughs> okay. These are such amazing like ways to describe the show, I feel like I have to watch it. So, yeah, I watched the first episode, it was really cool. I'm already excited about it just because of that. So, and last but not least, our newest uh, member of the podcast and friend from the future, (laughs) Sorbet Pop. How's it going? (laughs) It's going good. Yeah, excited to be on an episode with warning this time. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, we 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 snuck you in there pretty quick last last week, and then uh, yeah. And on that note, like when we started all this, you know, we, and, and when uh, anyone has joined, we've, we've sort of had a rundown of questions we made them go through, right? Oh, gosh, I forgot all about that. Yeah, she got off easy last time. Oh, and now okay. that we got a we got a mic working for her, too. Yeah, uh, we can see you, Mike. Excited. Yes. About that. So let's do the thing. You brought it up, Gabble. Go for it, man. OK, so um, what order do we do? I don't know. What's your favorite? Well, what's your class? Piece what's of your war? what's your class? Oh, jeez. Oh. See, you wanted me to do it, and then you. Came. <laughs> Are you taking too long? Um, uh, so I'm a, I run a Night Stalker Hunter, um, as a main. What mm-hmm. race? Uh, a Woken. Mm-hmm. Woken female. Has, has that uh, always been your your go-to? Yeah, I've always been a Woken female hunter. I've only been Night Stalker since year two. For obvious reasons, but <laughs> no. I, I'm a night stalker through and through. Yeah. Yep. Ha, have you run any other classes with any? Yeah. Well, I've got alts, 
Uh, I have a my second favorite is my Titan, and I like running a. Well, I've got a Sunbreaker, but I like running Striker on my Titan. Nice. But I don't know. I don't, play that I don't, I don't like the implication there. <laughs> that what? your favorite is a Hunter and your second favorite is a Titan, so that means your least favorite. <laughs> but I love. Is actually I love best. my Warlock. She just she just doesn't doesn't see a lot of the game. She just sits in the corner. Poor Warlock. Floofing <coughs> around. I'd love to play Come my on. Warlock more. I leveled her up to level 40, and then I haven't touched her since. But, you know, I'll get there. I'll get there. We have no, we have no Titan mains on the show anymore, huh? No. We're a bunch of hunters and a Warlock. I'll invite, I'm going to invite uh, my fire team on for one episode. There. <laughs> Just to get they're, a Titan. They're all Titans, and that's all they play. <laughs> so, all right. Uh, what and what is your what's your favorite piece of lore? I guess at at this moment. Uh, at this moment, mm, I I always did love the the joint connection of the story of the warlock who tells the hunter about the ahamkara and she gets the scale and and that warlock that I couldn't do it. Ha! That one. <laughs> yeah, that's, yeah. That's always been definitely one of my favorites because. Because I'm a hunter and that's kind of fun. Um, <laughs> yeah, I don't know. I've got. I love a lot of the lore. Um, oh, we know you talk about it all in the chat. So. That's, that's <laughs> awesome. Yeah. Well, let's get. Was that it? I think that's. Uh, I think that's all of our questions. I mean, we did nothing. Well, that and 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 if people out in the world wanted to send you a message or anything, how can they get a hold of you? Oh yeah, there you go. Oh well, uh, for those in the Slack chat, you would know who I am <laughs> because I'm harassing the Slack all the time. Um, for those not in the Slack chat, I think you could probably get me get to me really easily through Twitter. I'm just at Sherbet underscore Pop on Twitter. Uh, I post most of my pictures and stuff there. Um, that's probably about it. Yeah. All right. Well, good. And uh, I don't think we got around this question, did we? What have you been up to this week in the world of Destiny or the <laughs> real world in Australia? Uh, I've been. Well, I got a fancy new mic. Uh, hopefully the sound is much better. And that was really exciting. And it's a pretty color, um, which is very important. I've been working through the mountaintop. Uh, <laughs> I'm up to weapons master. <laughs> I don't it's, like it's it. rough. It's rough. Uh, anyway, getting there, getting there. I spent like uh, four hours yesterday playing, wow. and I didn't get one match with six kills with my auto rifle. Oh, no. oh no! Because I keep getting excited, and I knife them at the last <laughs> second. <laughs> True hunter. It's, it's I know. tough. I like it, run, it's... I'm like like hosing them as I'm running in, and I just hit the knife. I'm like, no! Why? What did I do that for? <laughs> like, it's hard uh, to change how you normally play, you know, especially yeah, when you're doing stuff keep, like that. I keep grenading people, and it's like. Oh, I got more than six kills this round. Yay! Oh, only three of them auto rifles. <laughs> yeah, we all just need to go in there and just pepper up everybody and then let you finish them off. Oh, so Some know, of the matchmaking, yeah. well, control matchmaking this week was a nightmare. I don't, I don't know rough. if it was just it was me, rough. but I was playing control because I'm doing the last of my exotic items for my warlock. Uh, every control match was like four on five. Five on five, everybody in red and yellow bars. There's something up with the yeah. We had control that. We had that. That was what I was. Do That's what I was doing it yesterday. We were doing control because I needed points as well. And it was like every team had at least two red bar, yellow bars on it, and it was like four versus five and whatever. It's weird. 
I spawned yeah. into a match of three v three on control. Jeez. Yeah, wow. it just it, yeah, it was annoying. So, but I mean, I'm the, I'm the red bar, but you know, <laughs> <laughs> it's not my fault. I'm playing with two other Americans, and all the other people in the game are Americans, and I'm not. And it's not my fault. I'm red bar. I swear my connection is good. For Australia, <laughs> it's all right. We forgive you. So I use the lag as a, an advantage. Something something <laughs> that we we were a part of and that got put together and we we released a couple weeks ago um, on our YouTube channel uh, is a little animated short that our good friend Jared B did for us. He's uh, one of our artists. You'll see, well, not our our, our artist, but an artist that's uh, no, he's part ours. of our Slack. <laughs> we yeah, you cannot have him. Um, he's he uh, he do, he's done some artwork and uh, one of the he did a little. It was like a kind of a comic. Um, what I guess it was just like a multi-cell little comic that that was about uh, warlocks and. Um, oh man, I'm drawing Thanatonauts. a blank. The uh, Than- yeah, Thanatonauts. And when I saw that. I started, I, I was reading through it and just looking through it, and it was so good. But when these Thanatonauts were getting sniped by this hunter on the hilltop, all I could hear was that grunt birthday party sound effect <laughs> from Halo. And so I did a little, I just added some sound effects in there and did kind of a pan across and sent it to him. And he goes, oh my gosh, this is great. Uh, I think I'm going to do something with this. And he did. He he made this amazing little animated short that, if you haven't seen it, uh, we we posted it on Twitter I think a while back, like right when it when it went up, um, and we just failed to mention it. It'd been a little been a little hectic around here the past couple of weeks, but we didn't mention it before. So sorry about that, Jared. Uh, but look for the link in the show notes. Go check this video out. It is awesome. It it explains what Thanatonauts are and how other guardians perceive them <laughs> other guardians that aren't warlocks i guess <laughs> it's pretty it's pretty amazing i can't i can't even describe it you got to go watch it he did a gorgeous uh, so, job with the animation he did it was so good what are those uh the titan arms the uh, uh no backup plans yeah man that whatever he did for that effect for that purple kind of of like hologram effect yeah he did a great job on that i thought that was that was really cool so Go check it out. It's in the show notes, uh, and we'll be tweeting it out with along with this episode when when we drop it on Twitter. So, uh, we're down here into the corrections. Oh no, t-shirts, real quick. Still at uh, represent.com/store/dego-stories. And guess what? I bought mine this week. So, hooray! I'm excited. I can maybe somebody will recognize me out in the out in the real world while I'm. I'm not gonna say it. I'm, I almost. I I'm, I was gonna avoid talking about that new mobile well, game and Pokemon. oh you said it okay yeah when i'm doing that maybe someone will see my shirt and be like hey i know that podcast because everyone else has this story like that they've been recognized wearing this shirt or been asked about it and, and not me i feel left out so maybe it'll happen maybe i'll be the next one um all right corrections comments drops i think you want to start off yeah with this? so well i'm gonna do the second one first here and this is about mida and I meant to mention this last episode. I didn't. Uh, one of our Slack channel, one of our listeners, daughter Judy, uh, the second the episode dropped, she mentioned that maybe the stellar in stellar sextant literally means stellar as in stars, like a star sextant. 
Uh, and I did not mention that during the show, so I just want to acknowledge that, yes, uh, that that is a great call. It could literally mean Stellar Sextant. Uh, the second... And also, oh, sorry, I just want to say, also note that she wasn't the only one that mentioned it, so a lot of people caught yeah. that one that we Yes, that we missed, she was so the first. Good job, everybody. <laughs> we do know what the word Stellar means. <laughs> uh, Fabulous. <laughs> sorry. Second is for Universal Remote. I actually had this in the notes last week and forgot to mention it, that... The second logo that's on the side of Universal Remote, not the one that's on the scope, the little teardrop-shaped one, uh, is found in a lot of other guns in the game, but we still don't know what it represents. Uh, you can see it the most easily if you have Treads Upon Stars or the Satyrian Rapier or even the Comedian, that, that logo or that icon appears. Uh, Kex, who's awesome, the guy behind the Lorg project, uh, pointed out that the warlock artifact, the traitor's die, is the very similar bird skull uh, to the skull that's on the front of Bad Juju, which is an awesome catch. Uh, flavor text for the traitor's die is, every roll of this die is already written into the fabric of Oryx's reality. So that could have been sort of a, maybe that was a purloined artifact that uh, Toland brought back and added to the front of Juju and could maybe uh, account for some of its mysterious properties. Uh, and then last episode, I asked if there was anybody out there who would be willing to calculate sort of the 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 force behind the fourth horseman and and what would happen if you pulled the trigger on all four of those barrels, considering its ridiculous size. And in our Slack chat, Cosmology did this. Uh, so he calculated the force of the fourth horseman at about twelve thousand eight hundred newtons. Uh, and he used the assumption that it fires uh, the weight of an average cannon shell at an average shotgun bullet speed. So that was the equivalent of being crushed by something that weighs approximately 12,800 kilograms or the thrust of four Cessna airplanes. Uh, <laughs> not bad. And then bad. Nightmare Ian jumped in with approximately 13,000 kilograms of force exerted at once would literally turn your bones into powder as it tears your arm off. <laughs> uh, the concussive blast <laughs> would cause shell shock and most likely collapse your lungs, uh, which has been known to happen when, when larger payloads even pass by a human being. Uh, also, he says the quality and quantity of metal needed for this would have to weigh a ton, though not literally. Uh, and then the other surge, Ultra from our Slack. This is an amazing conversation. That was, was all broken down with math. It was. Uh, he chimed saying he knew a Russian-Afghan war vet who was a gunner on an AA variant of a T-72 that has four 30-millimeter cannons. Uh, the fourth horseman, I believe, is 31. He said firing it was like a diesel freight train rumbling. Sometimes the low base vibration noise would make him nauseous and give him headaches. <laughs> uh, and... That's what the fourth horseman is. So, <laughs> so it's a good thing guardians are tough, I guess, or already dead, because firing that thing would kill you and make you dead, and, <laughs> and everything, and turn your bones into powder. <laughs> my my uh, my great my great grandpa was in uh, World War One, and was and he his job was to basically fire this gigantic anti aircraft cannon. And it was one of those things like you see in the movie where they had this cord that you held onto with your hand and pulled it and it fired and then someone else reloaded it. Well, anyway, because he had one hand on the cord, he put his other hand over his, I think, left ear 
and fired. Well, when he came back from the war, he was deaf in his right ear. (laughs) So, so yeah, I knew whenever we visited great grandpa to sit on his lap on the side, he could hear me from brutal. So, all right. uh, That brings us down to exotic stories. Let's do it. Yep. All right. And we have the first ones from uh, who Barracuda Roy. He's in our Slack chat. Yep. Uh, So this one is, uh, it's a no land beyond story. Starts off, uh, I'll confess, I have an on-off love affair with No Land Beyond. At times, I've sharded it. At others, I've kept my hands on it at all times. There is no other weapon like it to me. It was my first exotic. As a beta player who ended up not getting Destiny until almost year two due to variable internet, I didn't know what to expect with Destiny, and by the time I did know what an exotic was, I could not wait to get my hands on one. I dreamed of Mida, and I hoped I would one day get it to drop. And then it happened. Out of the blue, on a random boss drop during a legacy strike, I got an exotic primary Ingram. It was now year two. I couldn't (laughs) shove in Rahul's grubby little hands quick enough. And presto, I got No Land Beyond. I toyed with it enough to quickly learn I hated it. I wasn't (laughs) much of a PvP player at the time, so to me it was trash, as I was using it during missions on the Dreadnought, and my puny 200 light level couldn't cope. As such, I quickly trashed it and forgot about it, until one day, about a month ago, I got one at 330 light from a drop in Challenge of Elders. By this time, I'd collected many exotics, and my pursuit was now to get a last word, and of course, it was another No Land Beyond. Given how long it had been, I decided to give it a shot at redemption. What followed were possibly some of my best and worst PvP matches ever. Since then, I've continued improving with it, and now use it often for casual PvP, and it never leaves my hunter's capable hands. So that's from Roy. He's he's in our Slack. Uh, he's on Xbox, and he runs a Night Stalker. And that's yeah, right. <laughs> so I just lost all respect for him. I'm gonna fill our entire Slack dead. chat with Dead Orbit Night Stalkers. Dead Orbit <laughs> lobbyists. <awesome>. Yes. <laughs> dead Orbit Night Stalkers. <laughs> all right, and then we've got another one here. Uh, I think uh, Sherbert's pal from the Slack chat. <laughs> Uh, Zane, so go for it. Oh, me reading it? Yeah, read it. Okay. Um, So he said, I got Patience and Time back in Vanilla as my first exotic. I got it from Crucible, too, the place I spend about all my time on Destiny now. It was a game of control on Shores of Time. If I'm honest, I never really liked it that much, and I got the Thorn Bounty soon after anyway. (laughs) (laughs) Zane is awesome. Zane, he signs off. Oh, dear. (laughs) Yep, that's that's about, that's about sums him up, so. Yeah, for for context there, he plays uh, Crucible PvP, like, all the time. (laughs) So. Yeah, he's he's pretty good. He's, He's fun to watch, and he's great in the Slack chat. He's always got something to say, so. All right, and the last one falls to me. Um, This one, so back, I don't even know what episode it was, but we had this amazing letter written to us uh, about uh, Danny's crappy commute. And if you listen to us, you know it. It was was pretty, it was a great read. And I guess she decided to, uh, to send us her exotic story. And after... After reading through it, uh, I, I knew that I don't think any of us could have done it justice live. So I I, re- I pre-recorded this one, and we're gonna play it now for you. So hope hope you enjoy it. We'll be back in a minute. I'd like to tell you a story 
of how Dreg's promise came to be my very favorite gun of all time. He wasn't the first, or even the third exotic that dropped for me. The drop was a quiet affair during Challenge Velders. Right at the end of a long session, it appeared on the final screen. Without much comment, we all loaded into the tower. Okay, that's a bit of a lie. Anytime I get an exotic, I tend to get a little excited. At the time, I was excited to get an exotic rather than being excited to get Dreg's promise. Run Run convinced me to keep it. He said it was fun, but not much good. You see, I was so busy with the sword quest and collecting materials and countless other quests that the gun that would become my gun was dropped unceremoniously into the vault. I feel great shame over that. It languished in the vault for weeks while I brought my light up. Killed Oryx, then killed Crota. I had many other guns drop, including Jalo's Supercell. I'll say, I like the gun a lot. The whole lightning damage thing is beautiful to watch. Although it just didn't feel epic. So many times it fell short. Damage wasn't enough. Range felt appalling. And the damn arc energy is distracting when I'm standing around watching scenery. Scenery is important. I love standing on the moon and looking up at all the debris flying around. And the space station just out of reach is so tantalizing. The detail on it's amazing. Then of course, watching the Earth is a mind puzzle. It looks like Earth. But Earth looks wrong. Ah, and don't forget Black Shield. What a great map. Crane your camera back. Mars looks amazing. I could spend ages looking at the scenery, and often do. Anyway, it was late Friday night during Iron Banner. My original fire team had disbanded, only two of us still playing. As happens, friends bring friends along. And even though we were a team of six... I didn't know anyone apart from Run Run. This one guy was going on about how he only had one exotic left to find in the game, Dreg's Promise, and his grimoire score, etc. I actually stopped listening. Boasting is boring. We loaded into Rusted Lands and I pulled Dreg's Promise from the vault. I can't describe how amazing that game felt. I suddenly went from being consistently at the bottom of the table to halfway up. It sat in my hand just right. The noise it made, almost like an engine misfiring, was so much fun. It was a delight to discover it fires three round bursts, just obliterating anything in front of me. Watching the enemy disintegrate into the tiny blue light whispers as they float away into nothing was and still is one of my favorite things about the gun. It is immensely satisfying. Needless to say, I ran around that map with Dreg's promise out all the time. Crowing over voice chat every time I made guardian fairies. Giddy inside that every time I respawned, I have ammo. I was sprinting around corners, jumping into the unknown. I was playing aggressively for the first time ever, and I felt epic. And thus, Dreg's promise became my gun. It goes everywhere with me. 
may not be equipped at the time, but it's on my character. Other special guns have their place, but Dreg's prominence will always come back out. It doesn't matter what kind of enemy you are. Ad, guardian, or boss, if the mood strikes me, I'll floof over there and blast you in the face with Dreg's promise. So much fun. The ads don't complain, but damn. I enjoy the appreciative messages from guardians on opposing teams. They're just salty about my epicness. I seem to get a bit of a stick for having it in my loadout from friends. But I just think that they haven't given it a fair chance. This gun represents a moment I got good and felt epic in Destiny. I'm not naive. I'll never be in the top 1%, but I can and will get better. I don't always have to be at the back of the raids. I don't always have to be at the bottom of the table in Crucible. With Dreg's promise in my hand, I'm unstoppable. I will always keep coming back, right up until my final death. And that's a promise. Pirate Danny. <laughs> oh my god. And we're back. <laughs> well, what'd you guys think? Wow. Oh, it's so good. Oh man. Yeah, so uh so I did that on my own and this is the first time that these guys have, have all heard it. So uh so yeah, uh I couldn't I, I as soon as I read that letter, man, I knew what I was gonna do. I was I was ready for it. It was it's great. So good. Pirate Danny, thank you so much. Again, amazing <laughs> outstanding message or email that that's great <laughs> oh all right <laughs> so, so fusion rifles <laughs> no wait we're going no, to we're snipers. snipers snipers so sniper rifles. So sniper rifles snipers let's get let's get this this thing going all right are we gonna start with patience and time yeah man all right. I might have to mute while I sing to myself. All right. <laughs> that song in my head. <laughs> Patience and time. This is one of the first entries I worked on for this entire document. Patience and time. If you've got it, they'll never see it coming. Grimoire reads, Patience and time is an assassin's dream. Enhanced sensor integration allows for target tracking while aiming down the site, and those who work with the weapon and explore its deeper capabilities will find light-bending camouflage systems ready to interface with a Guardian's armor micrometals. Uh, the perk for Patience and Time is you gain active camouflage while aiming down the sights. And I... Just left a note there that I wonder if Cade also stole that since he <laughs> claims that Blade Dancer stealth came from Rasputin. Although Tevis doubts that claim. There's no Yeah, I don't trust what Cade says. He he seems like a bit of a a boaster. Exactly. <laughs> like, oh yeah, I stole this from Rasputin myself. No one else is there. Rasputin and I are homies, and it's like, you know <laughs> don't really trust what he says. <laughs> And then we got our designer. Uh, yep, there's no quest for this gun. Uh, and yeah, this is Adrian again. Uh, and I feel terrible because I can't pronounce his last name. Uh, Maj Krasik, I think we said it was, right? Yeah. Well, I think it's Myshek. But oh, oh, that's you right. You looked up, yeah. 
I'll, when you say that, all I think a horse. I think a Horshack from uh, Welcome Back, Cotter. And there, not Rorschach I, from The Watchmen. <laughs> no, <laughs> I'm dating myself there. Now you do. <laughs> <laughs> And so, uh, so this is this is likely. I think you've got this. Yeah, it's likely uh, in reference to War and Peace by Tolstoy. Um, Toy Story. Did I? It sounded like I said story, but I didn't. Or I didn't try to. <coughs> Tolstoy. <laughs> the two most powerful warriors are patience and time. And then uh, we've also got a. Uh, Potential reference. I, I think it's this next one. Yeah, <laughs> this is this is the one that I think it. I'm sure it's this. Who's gonna sing this? I'm not gonna sing oh. it. It's a uh, potential reference to the George Harrison song, "Got My Mind Set on You," uh, and the the lyrics go. Uh, <laughs> I feel stupid even saying them. To be honest, you gotta sing it. You gotta sing it. I can't. Now somebody has to get the get the song and just put that part in here. <laughs> and then we'll get sued for copyright infringement. Super sued. <laughs> By the George Harrison estate. <laughs> it's going to take time. A whole lot of precious time. It's going to take patience and time. To do it, to do it, to do it, to do it. <laughs> to do it, to do it right, child. Now we're definitely going to get sued. <laughs> <laughs> so yeah i uh, maybe i mean sure that might be a reference i'm guessing that there weren't many references to patience and time out there there's tons of them are there yeah well so the next one i have here oh is, uh, i gotta scroll down i guess huh yeah look at that. oh my god there's a ton <laughs> keep it going <laughs> Yeah, no more references at all. Yeah, I've, the, the, that was the bottom of the page. Yeah. So the next is a refer- possible reference to Jean de La Fontaine, uh, who was a French poet. Uh, and he has this famous line, patience and time do more than strength or passion. So I thought this is a potential reference. Uh, then I have an unlikely <laughs> reference. <laughs> I like this one. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> All the qualifiers agree. Yeah. Uh, season one, episode two of Farscape, uh, Exodus from Genesis. Uh, as I go between between Zahn and John, which is time and patience. Time and patience, is that your answer for everything? Yes, because it's always the right answer. <laughs> so those are potential origins for the name of this. Uh, but I think yeah, imagine if you Google patience time, you get like a billion things that come back. Yeah, it's... A lot. My, I mean, again, my guess still goes back to Tolstoy, but but I like the Harrison reference better. <laughs> Who doesn't? Uh, so, patience and time goes way back. This gun was around in the beta. This gun was around when the game was first shown off uh, way back in E3 2013 when they were doing that those first sort of like alpha playthroughs. Patience and time made an appearance. And it was something they were really proud of. Uh, the One of the art leads, Tom Doyle, described Patience in Time's history as being originally, quote, owned by a group of survivalists operating on the new frontier. Uh, and that, quote, carrying this gun is like wearing a badge of honor. Uh, and then the gun was originally called Closing Time rather than Patience in Time. Uh, and it's interesting because the original model 
has the aspect of dust emblem carved into the stock. It's in fact still there, you can see it. Uh, if you blow up the in-game version of the gun, or if you look at, you take the 3D render and isolate it, you can still see that it's there. And Aspect of Dust is a hunter-associated symbol for the most part. Uh, it was available when you created a hunter originally in the beta. You got a couple different emblems. Uh, aspect of Blood, Aspect of Shadow, and Aspect of Dust were the three hunter emblems. So, and this ties into something we'll talk about a little bit more, especially when we get to heavies, is that it seems like originally certain classes of guns uh, had a close sort of relationship or tie to the classes of Guardian, and snipers seemed like they were a hunter's weapon. Kind of get that later. Uh, with the new quests, we talked about... Have we talked about all the class-exclusive quests with, like, a... Ace of Spades, yeah, Playlock, and Fabulous Strategy. Uh. <laughs> Stellar. <laughs> Come on. <laughs> I brought it back around. Uh, so we see that now with, like, Still Piercer is the, the Hunters, and Susanu is Warlock, and Immobius is Titans. So snipers are still tied pretty closely to, to the hunters. <clears throat> uh, but yeah, aspect of dust on closing. I'm not gonna read these closing time lyrics because I get that song stuck in my head. I was just gonna say, <laughs> what is that? Who was that? Uh, do you have the note? Uh, note Semi Sonic or whoever it was. Yeah. Ugh. Yeah. Yeah. Now that song's in my head. So yeah, I, I feel like that that's that's actually helping out the case that it's based on the the George Harrison song now. If it was originally called Closing Time, <laughs> they had to find a new awesome song to put in there. <sighs> you know you don't have to go home but you can't stay here no no <laughs> every new beginning some com- comes from some other beginnings end <laughs> it's the vault of glass the end is the beginning is the no. end <laughs> oh wait uh, different band <laughs> this gun has also alternately been referred to as shut up and get behind me <laughs> Uh, by Jason Jones during the E3 gameplay presentation, although it was also referred to as better than yours, and that was made in comparison to Thunderlord. This is how you know the game was in alpha, because no one in their right mind would think that Patience in Time is better than Thunderlord. I cannot wait till we get to heavies, because Thunderlord is the most metal gun in this game. (laughs) Uh, (laughs) But yeah. So, and then in an interview uh, with that with Tom Doyle again, that same art lead, uh, it was mentioned that Patience and Times rendering used everything in Destiny's upgraded engine palette. Uh, they wanted to push everything they could with this gun, which is why it has sort of gunmetal on it, plasteel, wood, plastic, ghillie netting. Uh, they wanted to show off the rendering strength and diversity of the Destiny engine, so they may tried to make patience and time as complicated as they could it is a cool looking gun it is i love it it sounds awesome too uh it was one of my first exotics it wasn't the first but i had it before anybody else in my in my little clan and we were out doing devil's lair and i was using it against the fallen walker tank and my brother's character was right next to mine and i just hear my headset what gun are you using right now? And I was like, 
patience and time why it's like it sounds like you're firing an anti-aircraft gun (laughs) (laughs) but i love the sort of like quasi suppressed thump that gun has uh one of the oldest known exotics like i said alongside thunderlord uh, it appeared in the gameplay demo on the sony stage uh a cool note is that Patience in Time has custom optics as one of its perks. That's also should be should know that it has third eye, and it's, I think it's the only sniper in the game that has third eye. Uh, but the custom op- optics perk on most guns increases the magnification of your scope. Uh, on Patience in Time, it actually decreases the magnification. Uh, so normally, Patience in Time has a magnification of 7x, but if you put on custom optics, it's only 6.5. Uh, and also as a crucible note, Patience in Time is the fastest firing sniper that is capable of a revived snipe against some opponents. Uh, if you have aggressive ballistics selected, even though aggressive ballistics took a nerf, uh, it remained alone in that category until the introduction of Hereafter, which we will talk about a little bit later. Uh, and Patience in Time was brought into year two in the 2016 April update, 2.2.0. Yeah, I ran with this gun for a long time. I, I really like it. Yeah, I always felt bad for it because it's it's really great, but it was so overshadowed by Icebreaker. Yes. <laughs> Everything in every sniper yeah, in the game right. was overpowered. Like, it was like a novelty. Like, every sniper was a novelty sniper. You know, if you wanted to get work done, you just used Icebreaker. So that said, let's talk about Icebreaker. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> so this is your one of your favorite lines drops, so go this ahead. This is one of my favorite flavor <laughs> texts in the game. Do it. Uh, <clears throat> Icebreaker. Please replace these components if use causes fatal damage. Heat sink. Magazine. Operator. <laughs> <laughs> so good, man. That's awesome. <laughs> Uh, the grimoire reads the icebreaker series was a clandestine project developed by the vanguard in conjunction with various city weapons foundries meant as an exploration of golden age weapon technology the project was scrapped after only a single weapon reached the testing phase the prototypes for this project's lone weapon are considered dangerous and unfit for field duty by the vanguard this has not stopped daring guardians from seeking out the icebreakers death after all is an occupational hazard The perk has two perks. Uh, perk one is hidden, uh, sorry, no backpack. Uh, gun cannot be reloaded. It regenerates its own ammunition over time. Uh, the second perk, Icebreaker. Icebreaker's victims spontaneously combust, dealing damage to enemies nearby. Uh, it has a couple of hidden perks. Uh, it can break a Hive Knight's Darkness Shield uh, if the, you shoot them while they're putting it up. Also, the ballistic perks on Icebreaker affect the recoil pattern, which doesn't normally happen for sniper rifles. But if you equip Linear Compensator, you essentially are getting counterbalance, which negates all your horizontal recoil, which is good because this gun kicks. Uh, And then Gavel has a note here about dealing damage to enemies nearby. (laughs) Yeah, I used to run this in in Crota's End. Um, Everybody else was was running like their... Midas and stuff to run faster and I would just turn around and just quick scope the giant mass of thralls and shoot one of them and it would just cause them all to detonate because it's better than regular firefly because anything killed by the explosion also explodes <laughs> just destroyed everyone's frame rate people would just be like what just happened I'd be like icebreaker 
<laughs> frame rate breaker. <laughs> yeah. uh, the only thing that comes close to what that would do to our frame rate in Chrono's End is uh, uh, destroying the mass of Taken thralls right before getting teleported into the shade and at the or- in the Oryx encounter. I love doing that so much. <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, it just, just would wreck people's games. So much fun. So there's no quest for Icebreaker. It was just a drop. Uh, and it was sold by Zer a few times. We'll talk about that in a bit. Uh, it didn't have it didn't have a designer that we found. Um, no. But uh, but I always just speaking of the design, you know, something I always kind of thought when I looked at it was, you know, or I thought of hearing the name were those ice breaking ships they use like uh, in polar waters or or down in the Arctic. And um, if you look at one of those ships, they have kind of the like the the nose of those ships kind of have the same shape or design as that the red part on the icebreaker um and again just kind of my opinion uh but then also um anytime i've looked up those icebreaker ships uh and just go to images on google a majority of them probably 90 percent of them are all red red and gray and red and black so i i I really feel that that might have might have played into kind of the just the look and feel of that gun a little bit um, oh, also, uh, something else was, you know, being that it's solar, what what better way to combat ice and break ice than with fire? So, very true. Uh, actually, if if you have the art of destiny and you thumb through it a bit, uh, if you get to the cabal weapons section, there's a couple of cabal weapon concepts that look a lot like icebreaker, oh, nice. or at least have the barrel with the uh, the heat fins on the front of it. Which fire explodes out of when you fire Icebreaker, because it's awesome. Oh, something else that, that I, I read when I was reading about Icebreaking ships is there are actually some prototypes right now that have um, what they're referring to as linear Icebreaking capabilities, so that they can they can move uh, with kind of these, these not really propellers, they're more of like these thrusters, um, to break ice laterally uh, to make these shipping lanes wider. And the first thing I thought was, how cool would that be if you shot rounds of ammunition out of the sides of the gun, too? (laughs) 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 And they actually have nuclear icebreakers. It's crazy. There's there's a lot of information about these ships. So if you're interested in ships, and and, yeah, go check them out. Someone needs to mod the icebreaker model just so it's a boat and you carry it around with you and shoot it. (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> well, I know somebody did did one of those exotic sparrow concepts. Oh yeah, <laughs> based on icebreakers. Yeah. Uh, <clears throat> this gun, unfortunately, was left behind. Uh, Luke Smith directly quoted: uh, "We're deliberately leaving icebreaker behind because it ultimately presents a way for you to play the game that ultimately isn't that engaging." Uh, I beg to differ. Whatever. Yeah. I think everybody who played in year one has spent their time on Winter's Run up the top of the hill, shooting down into that pit with Icebreaker to the point where they changed the entire... They changed that strike. Uh, I think people who play it now, if you don't run down... Uh, if somebody's not in that lower area after you get through the uh, the caves... What's that area called? The, the Dusk Warren? Oh, I can't even remember now. I haven't done that uh, in so long. Yeah, it's where, it's where the Winter Catch is. Uh, yeah. But before, you could stand on the top of the hill and just infinitely shoot with Icebreaker. So in Nightfalls with Solar Burn, you could clear that whole thing in in a matter of a minute just by infinitely sniping with Icebreaker. 
uh, and they changed the strike, so now some the first wave will infinitely repeat if somebody's not down in the pit. <laughs> uh, yeah. Uh, so I, yeah, I guess I have a problem with that because I feel like when the um, when the 2.0 rebalance came and they changed the recharge time and increasing the the, the increasing the time, and that that probably solved that problem, right? Like. I feel like they really didn't bring it forward because everybody it was just so ubiquitous that they just wanted people to use other exotic snipers and other snipers in general. Yeah, yeah. Like, just just bring it back. It's such an iconic gun. It's so much fun to well, shoot. And, it's amazing. And let's yeah. uh yeah let's change a strike because you use a weapon that's designed for long range from a long range. <laughs> you know, it's like if you're gonna yeah. use a sniper, you're supposed to be really far away. Yeah. And it's the same in that little area where you fight the Archon Priest. They changed how some of that zoning area works because you all used to just get up in the top of the there and just yeah that little ledge yeah endlessly <laughs> ice break or hide underneath those the the platform. <coughs> it, I mean, it basically allowed you to attrition any fight. Sure. No, I uh, met. I remember when Zer sold Icebreaker in year one. Oh man, and the Destiny Reddit was raining icebreakers yeah. on the banner. <laughs> yep. <laughs> it was so perfect. The entire front page was like, stop what you're doing, get icebreaker. <laughs> yeah, I was lucky. I got I got Icebreaker was my first exotic. I got it from the nightfall in like week three. What? Nice. Yeah. Man, I missed that Just gun. Never looked back <laughs> until I got a Galahorn, but yeah. And then I have a note here from Nightmare Ian. Because uh, I asked him for some insight onto some of these exotics in Crucible play. And he mentions that Icebreaker combined with Weapons of Light can still one-shot body shot someone in the Crucible. <laughs> uh, what? Yeah, so that's it's still a mean gun. I don't think any sort of gun hits as hard as... that. I mean, that was the thing about Icebreaker, right? It has infinite ammo and it hits like a truck. Like, the impact is so high. And then, you know, unlike a solar burn, you shoot one enemy, it explodes. Everything around it explodes, and <laughs> everybody explodes. So good. Uh, although, given the flavor text of this gun, I always thought, like, whenever I would fire Icebreaker, like, you fire all the shots down, uh, by the time you emptied, originally by the time you got to your sixth shot, you'd have your seventh already recharging. I always thought that this gun would have, like, a an overheat animation like the plasma rifle did in Halo. Yeah, oh, yeah. that'd be awesome. Mm. Uh, I always thought it'd be really funny if they wanted to bring Icebreaker back, what they really should do is that randomly one of the shots will make the gun explode in your hands. <laughs> <laughs> so to... to That'd be an awesome risk reward, though. Yeah. Like that, so, I would be so excited if they the did Icebreaker <laughs> breaker perk. <laughs> yeah, Icebreaker spontaneously combusts. Dealing damage to you and your fire team, lighting you on fire. Uh, yeah, it's hard to, it's really hard to sort of overstate how amazing this gun was in year one. Uh, for as much love as Gallerhorn gets, this is one of the weapons that really defined year one for a huge number of players. Uh, you know, when when all else, when you're out of everything, switch to Icebreaker. And then just <laughs> snipe whatever it is to death forever. Awesome gun. And no, and no other sniper in the game looks anything like this. Like, we'll talk... Some of these other guns have unique models, and they look really interesting, but nothing looks like Icebreaker. 
amazing weapon. Yeah, it doesn't even make any sense the way it looks. Like, yeah. <laughs> the scope. Like, I'm, I'm looking at it right now. It's like, what are you looking through? What do you through? look through? There's, yeah. there's nothing to see out of. The front of the gun. <laughs> it just has a camera in it or something. <laughs> Such an awesome gun. Though. So, yeah. Icebreaker. Amazing. Amazing gun. <clears throat> uh, is that... Wow, those are the only year one snipers. Exotic snipers. Yeah. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Well, you know, the black hammer. The, the <laughs> yeah, I guess that <laughs> that's true. Yeah, kind of falls if in this category right. a little bit. So yeah, so let's take us. That'll take us to black spindle, uh, and we'll talk about relationship to the black hammer from year one. Yeah, this one is uh, your only existence shall be that which I weave for you out of sorrow and woe, which is kind of cool. Um, from yeah, from Iranuk, the Weaver, I guess, the Weaver, yeah, yeah, and then out of sorrow. So, I mean, this pretty well fits the category of a weapon of sorrow, right? Yes. Mm-hmm. So the uh, <clears throat> grimoire is: the followers of Crota swing hammers, sing death songs, fatal, final, absolute. Irhalak and Iranuk laugh at Crota. Finality is a child's plaything. Fit for one such as Crota, they say. No hammer for the unraveler and the weaver, but a spindle wound with woe. For their foes, no end of suffering. More digs at Crota. Did anybody <laughs> like that guy besides Oryx? Uh, Thalnok? Oh, yeah, I guess. <laughs> Loves that guy. <laughs> yeah, that's true. <laughs> well, I mean, these are his sisters, so it's just a sibling thing. Mm-hmm. Like, ha, huh, he's so little, he's so immature, he just uses hammers. I can o- like, I only imagine Crota with, like, a Fisher-Price plastic hammer, like, running <laughs> when around When he's a kid. Things. Yeah. <laughs> and when he hits something, it makes a squeaky noise. Oh, no. <laughs> and, they're, and they're just sitting there, like, oh, poor Crota, like, shaking their heads. He, he oh, doesn't know. How great it would be if instead of nerfing Black Hammer, they just made it, it made a squeaky hammer noise when you fired it. Uh. <laughs> That's terrible. <laughs> that would be amazing. <laughs> <laughs> so I have a note here. It says, Crota's follower, the followers of Crota swing hammers, uh, but there is, in fact, no hive enemy that you encounter that swings any kind of hammer at all. So I don't know where that comes from. Uh, it could be a reference uh, to the black hammer, but no enemy uses black hammer either. So, Yeah, I think it's a sort of a, a wink. Yeah, a wink and a nod. Uh, but the other, the sort of more interesting implication here is that they mentioned that the followers of Crota also sing death songs that are fatal, final, and absolute. And that seems to be a reference to Iriute. Uh, and the death song that she sings that will destroy your entire fire team if you hear it. Uh, but the, that is a claim that Iriute's song is one of finality but it's that same song that allowed Toland to move past our plane of existence, having that conversation with Iriute and hearing her song. So either the sisters may not have it right here, the song may not always be final and absolute, uh, or Toland is even sort of the one exception to that rule. I keep. I think Toland is just that awesome. So does this, I think so too. Does this imply that um, more than just... Uh, that there's more than just the one song or that there's more than, I mean, obviously more than one person that can sing it, person, Hive. Since it says songs. Yeah, well, I mean, I kind of like, is that, so that makes 
ear Anuk and ear Halak, like DJ ear Anuk and DJ <laughs> ear Halak, and this is the remix of the death song. But they say the names in a different order, and then instead of killing you, it just like endlessly tortures you. Sure. <laughs> I mean, is, Skrillex is a is a death wow. singer, right? Right. <laughs> perks, what perks is gonna get? So the perk here is white nail. You can hold on. If you have the Taken King soundtrack, you can actually hear the death song. Uh, it's one of the tracks on there. So somebody re- yeah, it's, somebody it's, remix it's it for us. Yeah. <laughs> We'll use that you as know. the intro music for this episode. It'll sound great. Oh, no. <laughs> I'll mix know, it up uh, a little bit. Well, <laughs> Everyone will just turn the episode off 10 seconds in. <laughs> Once you read the dictionary, everything you say is just a remix. There you go. <laughs> the death song, Toland Beyond Remix. <laughs> Sorry, that was my bad joke of the day. I'm done. <laughs> I promise. So rapidly landing three precision shots will refill the magazine from your reserves, which is awesome. It is. Uh, it makes, and that really makes the black spindle. I mean, this gun is a boss killer, flat yeah, out DPS monster. It's a beast. Uh, it's not quite as OP as the white nail from Black Hammer, the original <laughs> white nail from that Black was Hammer. Broken, right? Magic bullets. Yeah, it Magic. would just keep refilling your mag over, like <laughs> not from your reserves, though, right? Not from your reserves. Right. Yeah, it would just yeah. manifest. No, it's just, yeah. Which, I mean, would make sense for the weaver if it was just weaving bullets into reality, but it was Crota's gun. Yeah, that gun was a monster. Whoa, Ugh. the black hammer. Uh, but yeah, this thing is, I think, especially I was just mentioning hard mode raid earlier, uh, and it's sort of always the question, like, well, who's gonna Who's going to be shooting Golgoroth? Like, well, whoever has the highest level black spindle. Uh, and if you're, you know, the safest, I think the safest and most well-known strategy for taking out the war priest is with black spindle. And, you know, any boss that you can continuously land those precision hits with is just, this thing's a beast. Uh, I mean. Yeah, I mean, I mean, to, I know we're going to work talking about both of these guns but they're so closely tied that it just kind of happens it was like year one the black hammer was so good you were essentially running two exotics yes yeah it was just like just not fair to the enemies <laughs> no it wasn't especially like <laughs> big targets like even like the first fallen walkers like you could just sit there oh, and yeah. shoot and never stop it was crazy yeah and there were um what's the name of the hive boss from prison of elders that set the floor on fire that oh, like um, always Cywalk had solar burn on. Yeah. It was like, yeah, just wrecked him with black hair. It was like, so you, I mean, and that's that was just the, like the most popular year one loadout was was what Fatebringer, Black Hammer, Galahorn. Yeah, <laughs> just, that's almost like three exotics. Yeah, that's <laughs> <laughs> basically Ace of Spades, Black Spindle, and well, Galahorn. <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, just crazy. Yeah, I. If you uh, yeah, if you played in year one, that that loadout was that was like the legendary loadout. Uh, yeah, when you wanted to feel as if you're level thirty two, you're as powerful as you can be, and you're running those three weapons like that. I feel like there isn't a loadout now that is that. No, nothing. That's that's just that insane. And <laughs> even some of the loadouts now that get close are just copies of that loadout. 
Right. Whereas like people using uh, what's fake bringer imago loop, perfectly rolled <laughs> rolled imago loop, and then I don't know black spindle and there's no there's no heavy that compare, <laughs> compares to Gallerhorn. No, like you'd have to be able to have spindle and then and then like sleeper simulant or something. Yeah. <laughs> All right. So how to get this gun? Uh, this is you get this gun unlike any other sort of exotic or weapon in the game. This yeah. is from Lost to Light. Uh, <clears throat> unlike other exotics, uh, it cannot be obtained by random loot uh, or by a quest. Instead, it can only be obtained by entering a secret area during the Lost to Light mission when it's available as the daily heroic story mission. So after you defeat Bax, the Gravekeeper. Uh, you have to escape the Hellmouth, but instead of exiting out the Temple of Crota, you have... Oh, this is the Dust Warren. Jeez. Uh, you have to run as quickly as you can to the Dust Warren, and you, you nobody in your, your fire team cannot wipe. You've got to make a straight shot there uh, before it's sealed off, and you enter the Traitor's Catch, and you'll be given a 10-minute challenge to destroy all the Taken aboard the Taken Catch, and including the boss at the end, who is Drivix the Chosen. And if you're successful, you get Black Spindle. And then you also there's a ship you also get that I forget the name of. It's a funny looking black and yellow oh, one. Oh man, yeah, I don't have it. I only I only did this once. So <clears> there's <throat> some things have backs the Gravekeeper. Uh, we talked about him during the Books of Sorrow episodes. Uh, but what's this is where we get that quote uh, in this mission where. Eris says that uh, ogres cannot be controlled, not even by Oryx, unless they're taken. So as you fight two different versions of Bax here, we fight the original ogre version and then the taken version. Is it the uh, Vienna Singer? Vienna Singer, that's the one? Yeah, yeah, that's the one. The Vienna Finger. Mm. <laughs> <laughs> now I need a snack. Yes, my favorite cookie ship. Uh an interesting thing here, we talked, the last episode, we talked about the, what did we talk about? Oh, uh, Lord of Wolves. And the quest line to get Lord of Wolves in year one involving the Elder Cipher. Uh, when you board the Trader's Catch in this part of the mission to get Black Spindle, the voiceover, uh, your comms are taken over by Varix. And Varix is the one who issues the challenge to eliminate all the Taken aboard Tanix's Catch. And that has, knowing what we know now about Varix, some interesting repercussions here. Uh, and this is sort of like, falls back into classic Varix, where it's like, you do good thing for me, and I will give you reward of gun, and you'll not pay attention to anything that I just asked you to do. <laughs> <laughs> we'll do anything for an awesome gun. Yeah. Come on. So, and in this yeah, case, works for me. we are clearing out Tanix's catch, potentially for Varix. Uh, we know he's collecting ships, and this would be a major one for him. Mm-hmm. And that's... How many catches is that? That's two abandoned catches. We So we have Tanix on the moon, and then we have the winter catch on Venus. That yeah. that poor dude is farmed out of existence for exotic engrams. <laughs> when, <laughs> that was such a fun week. I'm guilty of that one. <laughs> yeah, who isn't? <laughs> Uh, when yeah, when three or coins was first brought into existence, <clears throat> but yeah, this quest I, I think this is probably my favorite, like exotic quest in the game. I just thought it was so cool the way it was. It was such a hard challenge when it, when it was first discovered. Yeah. 
Um, and it just became such a deal. Every time this mission was the daily, it was like our clan would just light up like, it's spindle day, who needs help? Oh, and the yeah. by just getting together. And you know, not me, like I said, I only did this once. <laughs> I was not one of those helpful people. But there were so many people out there that were helping people get spindles. And everybody felt so good about it. And it was bugged when it first came out. And certain people got one that was too high light level. Yep. <laughs> X-ray, and um, what? <laughs> I only bought like four or five of them. <laughs> yep. <laughs> but yeah, I just I thought it was so much fun that it was just this this hard. You know, it's not super hard nowadays, but when it when it was first discovered, it was it was so difficult and it was so rewarding to get this great gun for it instead of just oh, I'm gonna go spend an hour fetching annoying materials or something. You know. Yeah, I think I mentioned last episode that uh, I, I farmed for Glimmer in. Uh, in the vault, and I think mm-hmm. all that farming went towards buying black spindles. <laughs> and that's no joke. I bought, like I said, I bought like four or five of those things, and was infusing yep. like crazy. Um, but I was one of those helpful people during during uh, the second week that it, or the second uh, daily heroic mission that it came up because I got it the first uh, the first time it, it showed up uh, in the in the mix, and the next week or that that next day. Um, it was on. I spent as much time as I could, probably three or four hours, running Lost Delight solo to the jump up to the catch. And mm-hmm. then I'd message into the clan, say, need three for the catch. And I would just hand it off and do it again and hand it off and do it again. And I would just, I did that, like I said, for, for hours uh, and nice. probably helped. I mean, it just saved time more than anything. It's not like that first part was difficult. Yeah. Uh, but, I mean, it was it meant a lot to a lot of people because I could get it done and be sitting there for the team that just failed to do it so they could pick it right back up. <laughs> so it was, it was yeah. pretty cool. And this challenge is great. Cause it, this is one of the few instances that I feel in the game where you can just like let loose. Uh, like for this challenge, oh, yeah. you can just like hand cannon shotgun, exotic sword, like spec to the top that you have and just run in there and just go ham on everything. Yeah. And it so played to the strengths of the three new subclasses. Yes. Um, you know, just which are so great at crowd control. And, uh, yeah, tons of fun. I remember the first time I watched somebody solo it, and everybody thought it was going to be Defender Titan, and he did it with Sunbreaker Titan uh, using Cauterize and Stoke the Forge before the delay was added to Cauterize. So yeah. basically... Stoke the Forge on Sunbreaker, when you kill something with your Sunstrike, it immediately recharges Sunstrike, and cauterizes if you kill anything with your fire, it restores your health. So you basically just <laughs> run in, and you were immortal, because you would just yeah, so much stuff to kill. spray things with your auto-rifle and punch everything to death, and you'd always have full health because of it. See, I saw, the first solo I saw for that was a warlock with a sword, and he just went through and just he just tore through the whole thing. I mean, it was it was pretty. Well, amazing. Yeah, he, and he ran Sunsinger. Yeah, I think. yeah. I mean, he revived a couple times, but uh, Sunsinger and Dark Drinker is one of my favorite combos. Yeah, yeah, man. When I when I first saw those uh, those void shielded uh, wizards in there, I was like, what? That was fun. <laughs> <laughs> so worth saying, the boss in this fight is Drivix the Chosen. It is not taken Tanix. No, it is not. Tanix is dead. Yes, he is. <laughs> chosen for what? Uh, we don't really know. Chosen, I guess, to just sit aboard, <laughs> sit aboard this. Chosen catch. to be the boss at yeah. the uh, Black Spindle mission. <laughs> Somehow he kept the 
keeps the spindle in his pocket and he keeps the Vienna singer in his pocket. I don't, I don't know where the rewards <laughs> actually come from. Uh, so as we noted, Black Spindle is essentially a remake of the Year One Legendary Sniper Black Hammer, which was the most OP sniper in Year One, non-exotic, because as we discussed, Icebreaker had that claim. Uh, and generally, just as a Black Spindle is an incarnation of the weapon used by Crota's sisters, Ear Nook and Ear Halak. It would weave existences of eternal suffering and woe onto its targets, unlike Crota's hammer, which just simply kills things. Sherwood, you have your spindle, don't you? Yep. Hooray. Yeah, I mean, I remember... Did anybody else get this where, like, you'd hear so many people say, Oh, we killed the boss, but it didn't give us anything, and they didn't know you had to, like, clear that room? Man, that ha- I heard yeah. that so yep. many times, and it's just like... I think people gave up when they heard that. They're like, I gotta, oh, there were so many left. I'm like, yes, there are. (laughs) Well, I mean, take take the boss out first. Usually what my my team usually does it with uh, three raise lighters. So (laughs) I'll invis us, we'll run in, immediately tether the boss, and everybody just raise lighter him to death. (laughs) Maybe one person with Dark Drinker. But all right, yeah, that's, that's Black Spindle. If you don't have it, get it. Find somebody. Find somebody in our fan chat will help you get it because it's totally worth it. It's worth it. It's great, and it's one of the more defining guns in PVE, at least for year two. Yeah, like it's it's definitely one you want to have. All right. Up next, the second longest gun in, on all of Destiny. <laughs> is it taller than Sherbert? It is taller than Sherbert. <laughs> How tall is it? Wait, we'll find that out, I guess. Yeah. <laughs> we'll get there. <laughs> yeah. Uh, unless, well, unless you are taller than four millimeters shorter than No Land Beyond. That's a lot of math. Yeah, I'm already... Metric confused. math at <laughs> that. <laughs> I don't even know what a meter is. What are you talking about? Much less a millimeter. It's a smaller one of those things. Yeah, I don't know. <laughs> Oh, so what's this what's okay. this uh, uh, flavor text read? Okay, well, uh, it says, Huddled at the mountain's base, we had no choice but to beat our plowshares into swords once more. And uh, I'll, just, I'll just read the notes you've got on that while, while we're at that. So okay. hereafter uh, it means life after death, which is pretty cool. Sounds cool. It's a terrible movie. The gun movie. sounds cool as well. The movie was awful. <laughs> um, <laughs> Sorry. Uh, so, yeah, Huddle at the Mountain's base really doesn't give us anything because of just the sheer amount of mountains there are in Destiny. Correct. Like, the tower is surrounded by mountains. And there's mountains on Mars and mountains and on mount- Venus. There's and... mountains everywhere. Yeah, it's just ridiculous. Mountain, they, come on, give us something. <laughs> they shot, anyway. shot with purpose towards the sky. So just to explain what the the plowshares into swords, uh, that's a reference. Um, like it, it refers to where military weapons are. Well, you say swords to plowshares is uh, converting weapons to civilian applications. It actually originates from the Book of Isaiah, uh, which I will read. It says, "And many people shall go and say, Come ye, and let us go to the mountain of the Lord. Mountains again." To the house of God of the God of Jacob, he will teach us his ways, and we will walk in his paths. For out of Zion shall go forth the law and the word of the Lord from Jerusalem, and he shall judge among the nations, and he shall rebu- rebuke many people, and they shall beat their swords into plowshares, 
and their spears into pruning hooks. A nation shall not lift up a sword against nation, and neither shall they learn, learn war any more. So, yeah. And then it's mentioned a couple of other times, but yeah. it's it's much the same thing. Um, it's all, all mentioned biblical times of converting your weapons into... But they said we beat the plowshares into swords once more, so converting them back into weapons. So the grimoire finally got there. <laughs> actually reads... <laughs> Um, once we had peace, this isn't a story about peace. Then there was darkness, destruction, despair. This isn't a story about those things either. This story comes much later. It's a story about what was here, after, and what came next. Anyway. Do I keep reading? So, well, I mean, this is, so this grimoire... Everything here, like this grimoire, the, the flavor text, is sort of painting this picture that... At some point, this probably happens during the Dark Ages at some point, where you have a group of refugees or you have a group of, of surviving humans uh, who are possibly trying to sort of like re-civilize a bit, but, you know, are attacked by something. My guess here would be the Fallen if this takes place on Earth. And they're kind of realizing that, like, peace is no longer a thing that they can have. It's like, well, you know... It's like like post-apocalyptic. Like, hey, we started this cool little farm, and we're gonna we're gonna rebuild humanity, and then they get attacked, and you got to start making things out of old things again, and you're taking your. I mean, we'll talk about this, but in the case of the hereafter, it's like, yeah, well, we had this old TV lying around, so we made it into the scope of a sniper rifle. Uh, <laughs> but this grimoire is also classic Destiny, where it's like. Once we had peace, but this isn't a story about... Like, who's the speaker saying this to us? Uh, <laughs> this isn't a story about those things either. Well, thanks. Thanks yeah, for vagueness. I could, I, could tell, I could tell you stories about the time, <laughs> yeah. but no time for that now. <laughs> <clears throat> so, and it sort of, it lends to the the look of this weapon, but... That's yeah, so with the perks. Uh, perk number one, the hereafter. When crouching, the zoom of the scope is increased. In addition, it becomes easier to aim when under fire. And the second perk, which is blinding light, precision kills with this weapon cause a bright flash that can blind nearby enemies. Uh, and I have a note here that the blinding light perk could also be a reference to going into the light, which is a common occurrence for those who have near-death experiences, uh, which plays into the hereafter name. Uh, before the December update, this perk had only a chance to cause the flash, and then they changed it so it always does. Uh, there's no quest. This comes from an engram or a chest or whatever. Falls out of the sky for you. Uh, <laughs> our boy Adrian, again, designer on this gun. And at this point, uh, I wish I wish designers were were more commonly published for a lot of the weapons we see. Like, I did a lot of digging on ArtStation and a couple other places to find the designers for these weapons. Uh, but a lot of times, like on ArtStation, you'll get the guys who did the 3D renderings or who built the 3D models or who built the textures, but not who actually designed the gun itself. So it's not always easy to find that info, but I, if you're listening and you designed any of these weapons or have a correction about who the designers are for these weapons, please send us an email so we can make sure it's all clear because a lot of these weapons are really awesome looking and you deserve credit for it. Uh, mm -hmm. 
I have no idea that the hereafter looks very similar to the sniper rifle from Halo. <laughs> right yeah, down to the improvised <laughs> zoom. Uh, the variable zoom. Yeah, that little screen with like the fuzz on it. Yep. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Very mm-hmm. similar. I love the little aerial with the flashy light on it. <laughs> the little the ante- Good for a sniper. Have a little antenna with a beacon. <laughs> yeah. yeah. <laughs> How else are you going to get TV signal? <laughs> that, oh, that's a good point. <laughs> sit, there, sit there watching things on it. <laughs> it would be funny if you could like broadcast. If everybody had the hereafter, one person could broadcast their scope to everybody else in the team. Just watch <laughs> it on their TV. Yeah. Uh, uh, watch my montage. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Wait, is stream is like Twitch streaming and stuff now part of the law of the game? <laughs> like, Why not? Guardians. Oh, but what if people streaming the off- back to the streaming tower? it with the hereafter with the hereafter scope? Yeah. But what if it worked if you're on the opposite teams in Crucible and then you looked down the scope of your hereafter but saw yourself because somebody was already trained in on you? <laughs> oh no, duck. <laughs> Maybe that's what they're all watching on their iPads. They're just watching people's hereafter feeds. <laughs> that's how Shaxx knows what's happening in the Crucible. Yeah. He's sitting there going, this is amazing. And he doesn't even know it's like broadcasting his voice. <laughs> uh, this rifle has an amazing sound. Uh, I... I don't use this. I have one. When I first got it, I just took it to the moth yards and I just sat on top of a plane and fired like five or six clips or sorry, magazines uh, into things. Just to, it's like a crazy laser rubber band noise. It's, I love the sound of hereafter. Yeah. And, so and on, on that note, um, someone did ask us since we've commented on so many of these guns that they sound amazing. If, if we could play the sounds of these guns being fired on the show. And while technically we could, it would add like a couple days to our production time, and so we're. Well, what I was thinking we could do is that we could also, like, we could record, pre-record a section of just us, like, here's hereafter, and then we'll insert the and we'll tag that onto maybe the end of the heavy weapons episode or something like that. I have a lot of those sound files, so it's something we can definitely do. I don't know if we can do it for this episode, but it's something we can definitely look into. Yeah, it would definitely be easier if we did like a whole segment that was just that. Like, here's what this gun sounds like. Here's what that gun sounds like. But to like throw them in as we discuss each gun would be yeah. a torturous editing process. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> but I agree. This gun does sound awesome. It measures in at 1,600 or 1,614 millimeters, which means it's just four millimeters shorter than No Land Beyond. But that means it's still over five feet long. It might still actually be 5'3". Uh, which is no land beyond. That's that's not taller than me. That's uh, that is my height. Oh, there you go. <laughs> Maybe it's taller than me by a centimeter. <sighs> there are no centimeters listed here. Oh man. Millimeters. Convert I don't them. Know. Take I... the end number off. <laughs> Take the end number off. It's centimeters. Hey, it was a hundred degrees outside today. Okay. But that means if if you were in a prone sniper position, sure, with the hereafter, it'll be over 10 feet long. Yeah. That's pretty funny. Touchdowns and are less, one with less I, distance. If I fired it, I would also go flying. <laughs> so there's that. <laughs> uh, I like that.
At least I don't have firing the fourth horseman in real life. <laughs> True. Like, Although there's that bye. great concept art of Andal Brask, and he's just casually standing there with the sniper rifle, and it's I think it's as tall as he is. Oh yeah, that's right. So does that mean he's the same height as me? You could yes. be. You could be Hunter Vanguard. Confirmed. Sherb is yeah. Andal Brask. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, the gun. The gun is definitely taller than him. I'm looking. I just pulled that up. That's a cool picture. Oh, too. he's so short. Do you have the version? That's adorable. Do you have the version where he has the holographic scope on the gun that says "There's yeah. a Titan downrange"? In the concept art, in the art book, it says something like, yeah, I'm, I'm looking at it. It says like yeah, 50 yeah. meters downrange Titan," <laughs> which is hilarious because the gun's pointed straight up. I think. <laughs> yes, it is. <laughs> Death from above. Uh, that's a cool looking scope, though. I wish we had something like that. Well, I mean, that goes back to once the game's current gen only, maybe we'll have some crazy holographic scopes. Please, that'd be so cool. <laughs> uh, speaking of scopes, uh, Hereafter has a the uncommon rectangular scope, and it gives you a ton of data when you aim down sights. Uh, not every scope in the game gives you grenade and melee charge, but hereafter does it also tells you how many shots are remaining there's directional measurements and indicators there's elevation indicators there's all kinds of crazy stuff inside the scope of hereafter which is another reminiscent of the halo one they didn't have your grenades and everything but it would like measure distance where you're looking and stuff so all those numbers on the screen and then there's so I'm going to mention something in this next note, and I want to know if anybody's ever even heard of this. So the Hereafter is the highest level of scope magnification while crouching of, of any sniper rifle in the game. It's 12.5x. Nothing's even close. Uh, although theoretically, if you found a legendary sniper with the Eagle Eye SLR20 scope and the Private Eye perk, you could hit 15x magnification. I've never heard of the Private Eye perk. <laughs> Uh, I have a ton of sniper rifles, and for some reason they love giving me casket mag on my sniper rifles, but I've never seen Private Eye as a perk. What just happened I don't know. in our Slack chat? <laughs> <laughs> so when I was searching for the, the image of Andal Brask, what? it sent me to this random Tumblr, and this picture was just below it. <laughs> so for, you know, no one else can see this, so just... just Oh my god, that's the greatest thing I've ever seen. <laughs> Save that. Oh, we'll link it in the show notes. <laughs> what is happening in that picture? <laughs> so much, but nothing. <laughs> I want to know what's on that piece of paper. Although it does point out, I mean, sorry for being the, the person who notices this, but that uh, both Cade and Andal are wearing Ace of Spades logos on their outfits. But Whoa. Yeah, they are. They've got the same cloak. Well, that's because Cade wears Andal's cloak out of respect for the dead, which is a hunter thing. Yeah, so maybe he's wearing his sleeves too. Oh. Part of the cloak? Maybe he just took his whole outfit. He took outfit. his whole outfit. The scarf is the same. <laughs> left him naked that's on the ground. Though. See you, buddy. <laughs> <laughs> Would there be anything like left Prada. there? Well, yeah, he's got the same... Is it the same logo on... Well, I don't know. Okay. But like, when you kill a guardian, does all their armor and stuff go with them? I I don't know. We'll have to ask Tanix. Anyway, Private Eye perk, never heard of it. If you have a sniper with Private Eye, tweet at me and take a screenshot looking down your scope. Although, my guess is that... So, remember last year, at the end of year one, 
Destiny or Bungie like sent you an email with crazy stats in it, like that you did during year one. Uh, anybody remember that? Anybody? No? Yes? No. Really? <laughs> anyway, there was some dude on Reddit who had this insanely long snipe. And people were like, it's impossible. There's no gun in the game that has range. Like, that would allow you to get a snipe from, like, whatever, 2,700 yards away or something, whatever it was. Uh, and he's like, no, I have this crazy sniper scope on, on one of my guns. So maybe it's an eagle eye with private eye. But private eyes are watching you. Your every move. Oh my god! Uh, <laughs> so many, so many songs. <laughs> uh, and the, a quick note is that the blinding light perk from this gun also removes the radar of opponents in PvP, which is very mean. Uh, it's funny if you've ever hit anybody with this weapon and triggered that perk, like this slow white orb it just slowly expands from where they used to be. It's really funny. Uh, but that's hereafter. Uh, I don't think I have anything in any more notes on hereafter. Although, uh, like I said, Night uh, Nightmare Ian sent me a ton of cool things about different weapons in the Crucible. Uh, we'll, we'll talk about some of his stuff, especially some of his, his uh, fusion rifle notes. I talked. What do you say about hereafter? Uh, oh, hereafter is huge aim assist. Uh, linear compensator for purely vertical recoil. The blinding effect is awesome for shutting down heavy ammo pickups. It's good for control, salvage, and rift in smaller playlists where enemies group up for revives. There you go. If you're taking it into the Crucible, everybody will know where you are because it sounds so awesome. And they'll just come stand next to you. <clears throat> Alright, moving on. The last sniper rifle we have in this category for exotics. This one depresses me. I know, because it's awesome. <laughs> uh, I've only gotten two exotics in my PlayStation version. One was the Jade Rabbit, and then one was Zen Meteor. <laughs> so you've gotten two exotics, and they're both exclusive. Yeah, they're both the ones that I don't have on Xbox. Uh, this gun is so much fun. So it reads, uh, Complete awareness, complete focus, a mind-sharpened... By diligence to a single deadly point, from the writings of Takeo Three Praxic Deconstructionist. And Takeo Three now gives us the a new lowest reset exo after Lakshmi Two. So I think it was Kron Eight filled that spot, and now we have this guy Takeo Three. So I put something in here about deconstructionist which I don't even know what I put in here it's been so long <laughs> back in the middle of June I added this um, so it's uh, so deconstructionist um, is a noun and it's a technique of literary analysis that regards meaning as resulting from the differences between words rather than their reference to the things they stand for different meanings are discovered by taking apart the structure of the language Used by exposing, used and exposing the assumption that words have a fixed reference point beyond themselves. This is what I, that's actually pretty cool, considering you know. <clears throat> so this is a warlock that's studying things by destroying them and taking them apart to see what they're made of. It's like what I did to Seth's writing for the books of Sorrow. <laughs> Ooh, ouch! <laughs> <laughs> 
I'm going to give that one a damn. <laughs> I love you, Seth. Please keep writing. We love your book. We're actually. Oh, yeah, how's the, bo- how's the book club going? I think it's going pretty good. Uh, yeah, discussion is happening. It, it's happening. I think it got a little bit of a slow start. We've had a lot of people creep in and say, I just got the book. Is it too late? No, it's not too late. That's it's nowhere never near too, too late. late. It's basically never, yeah, never ever. Yeah, so <laughs> get the book, talk about it. It's gonna. It's so right fun. now, everybody is is uh, Baru, the the main character. Everyone is speculating on, um, kind of of where she's headed right now. So based on what we know up to this point, so the moon. <laughs> yeah, maybe you never know. She's pretty smart. Turn the accelerator back on. Anyway, <laughs> so the grimoire on this one reads. Uh, Exo have always known that a machine is capable of bridging the gap between the physical and the numinous. It is from that knowledge and my collaboration with two guardians, Hunter Uzmo- <laughs> Uzoma Vale and Warlock they call Stoic. Is that right? Stoic the Vast. Stoic. <laughs> that the Zen Meteor was born. <laughs> this groundbreaking weapon uses electroencephalography to draw energy from the wielder's neural activity it can even if a if a certain threshold is met convert that energy into matter to be used as concussive ammunition or to be more precise the more focused the wielder's mind the more powerful the weapon there's a lot of big words in that one yeah there are (laughs) there are (laughs) space magic Right, so we have numinous having a strong yes. religious or spiritual quality indicating or suggesting the presence of a divinity. So in that so, so that reads uh, and the numinous wait the gap between no no I know I know the gap no. between the physical and the numinous yeah, is where and they, the numinous yeah so. so they they couldn't just say gap between the physical and the spiritual like they had to put numinous <laughs> but then the rest of the gun has nothing to do with numinous. The rest of the gun is about the the mental, the physical and the mental. So yeah. Uh, but we also get two new names here. Uh, we get Uzoma Vale and we get the Stoic, who I can only picture as Stoic the Vast from How to Train Your Dragon, but that's just me. <laughs> yeah, I know. I just picture this big, this big beard. Like every time this warlock with a big beard and his broad shoulder. Like, <laughs> He's got like the tiny little warlock helmet sitting on the top of his head. <laughs> I can't get that image out of my head because they called him that. <laughs> uh, so I've added these two names to my master character name list, uh, which I will be making available again shortly. But yeah, Uzoma Vale and the Stoic. All right groundbreaking weapon so why is it why is it so groundbreaking i'll put a note here that a lot of exotics originate either in the wilds or from the golden age like we talked about icebreaker was an attempt to recreate something from the golden age uh we talked about uh patience in time as like a dark ages weapon that was used by sort of scouts and scavengers we talked about hereafter which was sort of made from the pieces that not necessarily soldiers had lying around, but from peaceful things turned into a weapon. This weapon is a, a legit, this is a collaboration between a praxic deconstructionist and two guardians. So this is a, this isn't a reproduction of a golden age weapon. This is a modern current actual firearm. So then we have uh, electroencephalography. 
And uh, that one is the, it, that's the measurement of electro electrical activity in different parts of the brain and the recording of such activity as a visual trace is the, the definition of that word. Um, so I was kind of, I was kind of thrown off by this a little bit because I, I, I knew what the, what that meant when I read it. Uh, and so when it says it uses this, this process to measure or the, the process itself is to measure, but they use this measuring process to draw energy from the wielder's neural activity kind of was weird. Uh, it just didn't seem, it, it's, it's like saying, um, I don't know, I don't have a, I don't have a good, a good way to, to state this, but, but it's, it just didn't, didn't sound like the right use of that word, um, unless they've got some new technology that electroencephalography not only can give you a reading, but also remove <laughs> remove that. So you're, stuff. you're saying that's like that's like using a stethoscope to power a toaster. Y yeah, yes. yeah. So I can hear your heartbeat <laughs> and it's cooking my toast. Exactly. Yeah. Exactly. <laughs> it, so you know, it will not exactly, but yeah, you know what I mean. It's, it's so, similar, similar to that. Yeah. It's it's. <laughs> Somebody called to Ko3. We need some new toaster technology. <laughs> right. Um, so, like I said, that just, that, uh, this is, <laughs> um, yeah, Drop's comment after that is, is pretty good. So this is some serious space magic. <laughs> it's ridiculous. Um, These are mind bullets, right? Pretty is... much. And when you say that, all I can think about is Tenacious D. <laughs> <laughs> this is an all music episode. This is great. That's telekinesis, Holmes. <laughs> yeah, you're, bullets. I mean... Yeah, this is. I'm thinking. I'm thinking a bullet into existence here. <laughs> it's telekinesis, Kyle. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Sorry, I had to say it. After you no, said I knew it was coming. Yeah. Um. So what does all this mean? Here's what it means. Uh, this gun has two perks. The first one. Oh, here we back to music. First one yeah, is back to music. Dynamite uh, grants explosive rounds. Rapid kills with every round in the clip load an extra high damage round for five seconds. That pairs up with the next perk with a laser beam. The extra round from dynamite causes a massive explosion. Guaranteed to blow your mind. Absolutely. Anytime. Anytime. <laughs> I almost just spit my drink out. <laughs> okay. Okay, well, you referenced the first part of my name in the first one, so you got re referenced the second part of my name in this one. I don't know it. I missed it. Kidding, right? No, I, I did. I'm not. All right. Well, Dynamite with the Laser Beam uh, is wow. quite famously from Queen's Killer Queen. Uh, the lead singer oh, of yeah. Queen was Freddie Mercury. There we go. Mercury Smile. There you go. <laughs> Both I, I am Zen Meteor. <laughs> uh, so, uh, Dynamite, rapid kills. You got about five seconds between each shot. And each shot has to be a kill shot. Doesn't have to be precision, just has to be a kill shot. And if you do that, it loads this fourth round, the higher damage round. Uh, it's about a 200% damage increase with this round. Uh, this fourth shot is essentially the equivalent of all three shots that you fired previously combined into one bullet. Uh, if you hit a headshot, with this fourth shot in PvP, it does about a thousand damage. <laughs> oh man! Wow. Uh, and then the perk with the laser beam means if you hit that final round, it causes 
an insanely massive explosion. Uh, similar to explosive rounds, it distributes that damage, uh, but this is similar to explosion caused by Icebreaker, where you use your mind. Yeah, uh, <laughs> including your own. Uh, if if you take and I've tried this, if you take Zen Meteor, you get three kills, and then you aim the gun straight down and pull the trigger, it will blow you up. <laughs> Whoa! I didn't know <laughs> That's that. That's awesome. That's awesome. Yeah. <laughs> uh, you're not you're not immune to this. Uh, so there's no quest. It's just a random drop. I could not find a designer for this weapon. Uh, but foundry wise, uh, even though Zen Meteor is not explicitly named as being Hake. Uh, it follows all of design Hake's design signatures, uh, the frame design, the stock, the grip, the uh, the lights on the magazine that indicate how much ammo you have left, the scope, the strap clips on it. Everything about this gun screams Hake. Uh, so it's a it's a pretty decent lift from the other the other Hake snipers. Uh, like we said, it's a PlayStation exclusive until September 2016. At least we think until September 2016, which would make sense. Yeah. But please, please give it to us. It's awesome. It's not quite the boss killer that Black Spindle is, but it's really funny. I've taken this gun into Prison of Elders, and you just like drop three thrall with three shots, and then just let loose this huge explosion on the boss. Uh, Zen Meteor has a very unique archetype. Uh, and it causes its perks to behave interestingly uh, in PvP. So basically, Zen Meteor has the impact of Black Spindle, but the rate of fire of a thousand yard stare. So there's not any other gun like that, really. Uh, theoretically, that gives it the highest DPS of any gun in the game because it's impact to rate of fire, but does not take into account its perks. Something hilarious about this gun in PvP, though, is if you get one body shot, and then somebody is hip. So Zen Meteor gets the intrinsic perk of having explosive rounds, which is super rare for a sniper rifle. Uh, and because the damage from explosive rounds is drawn from impact and it has such high impact, the explosion from the explosive rounds does insane collateral damage. <laughs> so in PvP, you can one shot or you can body shot somebody with Zen Meteor and then fire your second bullet just anywhere close to them, and the collateral from the explosion will kill them. Uh, from a basic explosive round, not from the, the dynamite round. So, what else? Oh, when you get that final dynamite round loaded, the gun goes crazy. Uh, when that dynamite round is loaded, the entire front of the gun lights up on fire. Uh, the scope gets this gorgeous illuminated etching all around the inside of it. It just, it looks like you're holding a meat, like a meteor in your hand. Uh, it's awesome. Is it now, does it like go away if you don't use it soon enough or is it there? Until yeah, you the, shoot it? that round lasts between like, I think six or seven seconds. And if you don't use it, you don't get it. So it pays to, to it's like it pays to keep moving and keep firing, but that perk only comes about. It's tough to use in PvP because you got to get three kills with that, uh, and then you've got to find a fourth target very quickly. <laughs> uh, the other thing I noticed is that when the etch work on Zen Meteor is all lit up, it looks really, really similar to the etch work found on Monte Carlo, uh, and then somewhat similar to the etch work on the Fourth Horseman. 
neither of those two guns have foundries, uh, and Zen Meteor is Hake. So that does no in no way confirms that Monte Carlo and Fourth Horseman are Hake guns, but the etch work is very similar. Uh, and then the only other, not the only other gun, but another gun in the game with elaborate etch work is also Hawk Moon. So whether there's a, a thematic similarity to all of them beyond just this really nice etching in the body of the weapon, we don't really know. But yeah, Monte Carlo and Zen Meteor, very similar designs. Oh, that song is in my head. <laughs> Killer Queen? Yes, I'm oh. trying so hard not to make a joke about having to be meticulous and precise. Oh, it's so hard. Make it. <laughs> too, too late. Yeah, too late. <laughs> All right, and does that uh, wrap up our snipers then? Uh, and when this one was first dropped, uh, as noted, the song is Killer Queen. Uh, people leave a potential reference to Mara Sov who is very much a killer queen. And does that wrap up our snipers? <laughs> that wraps up. <laughs> Exotic snipers. Exotic snipers in the bag. All right. All right. Moving on, then, to Not our... Not many here. Ex- Got oh, go four fusion rifles and and one special. So our... Dan- Danny's promise. <laughs> <laughs> First in the special fusion rifle category is uh, plan C uh, we got good fighters have a, have contingency plans great fighters don't need them and the uh, grimoire on this one reads sharp reflexes keep you alive on the frontier but no matter how fast you are a fusion rifle can only charge so quickly enter the plan C when you draw the weapon fast rise capacitors and smart induction system prime for firing the ready-fire state only lasts a few moments, but in a gunfight, those moments matter. So the, uh, what's this? Can we have that on all the fusion weapons? <laughs> yeah, why doesn't every gun have this? <laughs> if it's just, it, it, it doesn't seem like it's a special tech they've only recovered one of or whatever. Is this the only gun this, that does that? This is the only gun that does that. Well. I mean, other they, guns have like I mean, snapshot that are ready quickly, but nothing, nothing even close to what this is. They're, it means they're aware, though. They're aware that fusion rifles charge really slowly. Yeah. <laughs> well, I you're mean, aware it's of just, the problem, and you've fixed it, and you can't fix it elsewhere. The perk is just so funny. That's why it's exotic. But, like, imagine... So, okay, to keep you alive in the frontier, right? So you're out... You're out in... I'm going to... Sorry, I'm going to use this, but you're out in Palamon, right? And you've got the guy across from you has the last word on his hip, and you're about to get in a fast draw competition, you think, I'm going to use my fusion rifle. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> Only if it's a plan oh, but it's C. Not a vacancy. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> like when I imagine anybody out in the frontier doing like serious scout work or like hunting or searching, I wouldn't bring a fusion rifle with me. I still can't believe you said Palamon on this show. Yeah, sorry. I mean, seriously though, why can't a fusion rifle be charged and ready on your hip or, or on your back or wherever you keep it? You know what I mean? It should it seems like that should be a thing. Because it might explode. I don't know. Yeah, yeah some might icebreaker, but that thing's always ready to go. <laughs> <laughs> That'd be funny. If, if you have icebreaker equipped in, in your special slot, you just might randomly explode running around. <laughs> what if somebody shot it? <laughs> yeah, shot it off your back. Uh, so, the, the perk on this one is called Plan C. Um, 
and uh, that's what we just talked about. The uh, charge and equip times are very short immediately after the weapon swap. Uh, hidden perk on this, agility and speed boost. This was added during the, uh, the Dark Below exotic balance patch. Now, was that, was that when the fusion rifles got, all the fusion rifles got that, that, uh, balance patch that, that broke the, um, oh, the primary, the one we talked about last week. Oh, yeah, when fusion rifles were, man, they just murdered fusion, it's tough to tell because they murdered, like, there was, like, three patches in a row where they were like we hate fusion rifles even more than we did last time now they're even more terrible right they just kept getting worse <laughs> yeah uh, yeah that was that was one of those first ones uh, no quest uh, for this one I was running around this gun today actually I was running around this gun because of this note that uh, Nightmare Ian left for us says, in the tower, you can see this weapon on your back charging up. It pulses white when it's charging, but will glow blue when the plan C perk is ready to go. Uh, but when you look at it via the menu, the lights are always red. So I, I took my plan C out of storage and, and ran around with it to see if this was true, and it, it is indeed true. Uh, this gun is just silly. Uh... There's not a lot of notes here about it. I mean, it's a fusion rifle. Uh, the name. Reference to the item about plan B being a backup plan and plan C being a true emergency plan for when nothing else has worked. And I guess that's the only time you would normally go to a fusion rifle. Uh, <laughs> uh, Man. It's the last weapon we're going to talk about that features a bayonet. Again, a bayonet and a fusion rifle. I'm not. Well, just think if you had that bayonet stuck in somebody and then you pulled the trigger. That would be that would be a mess. <laughs> I mean, anything. The bayonet's plan B, and then the actual firing of the gun is plan C. Oh. <laughs> Stab them, then shoot. There you go. <laughs> that stabbing doesn't work. Yeah, that, that's a surefire kill right there. That would be terrible, too, because they could. Like, you'd have the bayonet in you, and then you'd hear the fusion rifle cycle up. It wouldn't even be instantaneous. That'd be actually cool. I'd, I'd probably use it more, more if I could do that. <laughs> Uh, but there was a hilarious video that came out this week of uh, it was a bunch of PvP players. And I'm sorry, I don't know names. I don't I don't follow a lot of PvP on Twitch. Uh, with a ridiculous long range Plan C kill. Oh man, it was like a a mid air, like quick swap Plan C hip fire shot <laughs> that just evaporated some guy on Twilight Gap from so far away. Uh, you know, fusion rifles come back into a slightly better place these days, uh, and Plan C is is one of the better ones. It's the range on this thing is way higher than I think most regular fusion rifles are. So it's one of the. It's, I think it's generally considered one of the best uh, that's out there right now. I'm not a big fusion rifle person, so you're not going to catch me using them very often. Not counting sleeper simulant. It's because you're not in the war cult. The vacancy is awesome. Well, good luck winning the war for the future with fusion rifles. <laughs> well, that's what Rasputin thought would work. True. <laughs> and he's pretty Look smart fella. <laughs> oh, yeah. He's a real, he's a real genius. <laughs> Solving all our problems I feel like so I feel like this gun should have a hidden perk that's like Titans are not allowed to wield it when also wearing no backup plans. They just like spontaneously explode. <laughs> so, yeah. You're contradicting yourself. Yeah. 
And that that's about it for that gun, right? There's not doesn't yeah. seem like there's I mean, there's not a lot to, to it. it. I mean, it's got it's a gun. It's got a cool design. It's got the, it's almost looks fallen in its design with those weird little antennas sticking out of it. It's a it's like a very fallen aesthetic thing, and it's bright yellow. So you're not fooling anybody when you pull it out. Whoa. Had to had to go there. <laughs> don't don't I always triple X ray? That's a I know. I mean, your as far as we know, your ready state only lasts a few moments. So whoa, whoa. <laughs> my word. And that's the end of the show. <laughs> and we're going right into pocket infinity, which I guess seems go. appropriate, right? <laughs> You can't shake the feeling that this is <laughs> this is a less less a weapon than a doorway. Oh, uh, it, what's the what's the doorway? Wow! <laughs> wow! Uh, oh, and thus <laughs> thus spawned a hundred vault of glass chest theories. Um, yep. The grimoire on this one reads: Fire team Tayat died in the Ishtar sink, hunting the secrets of the Vex. They must have come too close to something precious, for the Vex descended on them with their typical, inscrutable, thorough violence. But their sacrifice was not in vain. The data they gathered helped forge the pocket infinity. Properly modified, the weapon should be capable of devastating output on just a single charge cycle. The infinity's mechanisms have proven difficult, if not impossible, to replicate en masse. It is conceivable... uh, Conceivable that the weapon draws its energy from the Vex networks. An ominous possibility. So be wary with it. Um, what if there's not a Vex network around? Or are they always around? Well, this so I mean, this is one of those cool weapons that... This is a year one weapon. This is, I think, the last one we're going to talk about that had in a quest tied to it. Uh... So this is a year one exotic quest, and it tracks you to follow the footsteps of Fireteam Tuyet, as you said, over on Venus. Uh, and it's kind of a cool story. Um, this is the Shattered Memory Fragment story. but So let's talk about the perks and some of the symbols here. So from what we just read, it seems that this is a, a weapon tied very closely to Vex technology. Uh, the perk is Pocket Infinity, fires in full auto mode, is a chance to return rounds that miss to the magazine, and the symbol, though, is the Warmind symbol. So now we have Vex and Warmind together, uh, but let's talk about the quest, this Shattered Memory Fragment. So the quest description is, or when you pick it up, is one of our Venus patrols found a memory fragment of the remains of a destroyed Vex. This fragment concerns the final mission of Fireteam Toyet, lost long ago on Venus's shattered coast. Perhaps one of the ghosts can be recovered. Also lost long ago. So vague. Was it lost along when Tolan's journal was lost? Was it centuries ago? Maybe it was when uh, Amanda made it to the city. Who knows? Long ago. Thanks. (laughs) Uh, step one, obtain a damaged ghost from Venus's shattered coast. And you can get this on the way to the academy. Uh, and when you pick it up, it says, The Toyet ghost is damaged, but its last memories ask for the mind fluid of a Vex gate lord, uh, the key to its dying secret. 
here we go. Get ready for some reality breaking, as many of these quests have. Uh, <laughs> number two, kill a Vex Gate Lord in a heroic mission to obtain a restored ghost. So we go back and kill the Vex Gate Lord that we already killed during the mission, the Gate Lord, or Eye of a Gate Lord. So you kill the Gate Lord, and I don't know, do you like extract its mind fluid and like sprinkle it over the ghost i don't know uh, do you, do you, do you put it in a jar and drop the ghost in like shake it up a little uh, soak it for half an hour then take it out and rinse it <laughs> bake at 350 degrees uh, so when you get the restored ghost it says the near dead ghost speaks of lost weapons and vex secrets whatever it learned from the vex fluid it can only be understood by the speaker to which I just replied, what? The speaker speaks vex fluid. Must be a language. Oh, must be. I mean, obviously, is... right? And again, again, here I think we have a, an instance where a quest is being written, and they're just like throwing darts at a board, and whatever name they hit, they inject into the quest. So at this point, now we're taking a near dead your friend he is only mostly dead we're taking a near dead ghost <laughs> that we've dunked in mind fluid to the speaker okay and what happens when you bring the ghost to the speaker the speaker says this ghost is a powerful secret thanks speaker what secret did he tell us uh thanks to your efforts and the deacon <laughs> yeah that was my that was my dog by the way your dog hates me i'm pretty sure uh uh, fusion rifle schematics. Thanks to your efforts and the deconstructed memories of the Vex Gate Lord you defeated, this ghost has completed the design of a powerful weapon, Fireteam Toyota's legacy, the Pocket Infinity. Perhaps the gunsmith could build it. Can we break this comment down just real quick? Uh, so thanks to your efforts, my efforts were finding the ghost and killing a Gate Lord and dunking the ghost in the Gate Lord's fluid. <laughs> the deconstructed memories of the Vex Gate Lord which were apparently, dis were they deciphered by the ghost or by the speaker who speaks mind fluid? Uh, anyway, he somehow, the speaker somehow realized that, wow, what the mind fluid is saying to me is, it's the design of a powerful weapon. Fireteam Toyota's legacy. Why is it Fireteam Toyota's legacy? They didn't make the gun. Oh, it has a name, Pocket Infinity. We didn't even name it this, by the way. The Vex named it Pocket Infinity? Or well, the Fireteam? I don't know. <sighs> Like what? It, there's so much convolution here that. It's like, oh, fire team two yet. It's about to die. We should quickly design a gun and name it and put the blueprints in this ghost before we die. But then yeah. the blueprints can they're written with invisible ink that can only be revealed by Vex mind fluid. But even if you do, only the speaker can understand them. Maybe it's like lemon juice. You mind fluid <laughs> make, reveals the invisible ink. <laughs> But you know the the mechanisms of the gun are, are have proven difficult, if not impossible, to replicate and mass. Yeah. So. But perhaps the gunsmith who forgets who you are every time you <laughs> he can do it. Yeah. All right. So let's hot foot these things over to the gunsmith and see what he says. Uh, when you give them to the gunsmith, he says, "This is an intriguing schematic, Guardian. Thanks. We know what it is." Uh, and then he will, in exchange, give you the depleted exotic weapons core. Okay, I still haven't forgiven 
Banshee for taking Tolan's journal away from me. <laughs> uh, <clears throat> you depleted exotic weapon core. This design is new to me, but the components required for its construction aren't. The core absorbs the energies of dismantled weapons. Take it, charge it, and then return it to me. That does seem near impossible. Yeah, well, it's near impossible because <laughs> you have to dismantle rare fusion rifles that Banshee never sells. <laughs> but uh, when he did, man, <laughs> the internet oh, lit was up. Nuts over <laughs> it. Yeah. Yeah. I remember that. They had like a count. You could, you could register on this website to get an email whenever he was selling them. Yeah, there's a there was a website that was called like is the gunsmith selling fusion rifles dot com yeah. or something like that, and <laughs> all it did was tell you if the gunsmith was selling rare fusion. Yeah, rifles. that might even be where you type in your email and you get a message whenever it whenever it does, and you have to do it each time. It doesn't tell you every time. It like he it must have dropped the list after he sold them, and then you had to create a new one. But but yeah, I mean, so the fact that they said that this gun has proven difficult and not if not impossible to to replicate or the mechanisms. I mean, it's the, dismantling it's, weapons to get it doesn't seem that all that impossible or like out of the question. So well, even so, here, well, step five: dismantle ten rare or higher quality fusion rifles to obtain a charged exotic weapon core. Uh, and the quote is: "I can use this to build the frame." If you go and look at Banshee, he's got like a rack of fusion rifles behind him. Yeah. Like, why is it difficult to make more of these? The dude's got tons of fusion rifles. Just call up Rasputin, he'll start 3D printing them for you. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> On mass. <laughs> so, uh, so, wait, though. The charged exotic weapon core is what he uses to build a frame? Yeah, I mean, apparently. Hey, don't question Banshee's methods. <laughs> he's That's why he's the gunsmith and you're not. It must... Okay, so the so the core that he puts in the gun draws energy from the frame of the gun because it's charged as well. There we go. Let's make that up. <laughs> yeah. Uh, well, yeah, because when you when you hand him the charged exotic weapons core, uh, he gives you the unstable prototype fusion rifle frame. And then he says, the weapon is dangerously unstable and cannot be wielded. The gunsmith has given you a sensor to gather telemetry on fusion rifle performance. Use other fusion rifles until you have enough data to stabilize the pocket infinity. So first he asks you to break a bunch of them down. Then he wants you to go take one out and use it. It's like, I just broke them all down. Yeah, they're gone. They're gone. Give me one off the rack you have behind you, please. <laughs> Big jerk. <laughs> <laughs> Uh, I wish you could still get this quest because I really wonder if you could complete this portion of the quest with Sleeper Simulant. You know what's great about this quest? Oh, I wonder if you could complete this with the Vex Mythoclast. If you, oh, you can, if you, you can. Oh, you can. Yeah, there I remember doing that. Um, but I wonder though if if Banshee like this must have made him mad, and that's why he started Timegate and stuff. <laughs> <laughs> you know i mean you did, that was the great thing about these quests is you didn't have to wait you know you didn't have to wait for for stuff and, and i just i mean i know it it's just mainly directed at the gunsmith but you know so many of these these things it's like man can't i just keep going and just get the next piece and that was that was the best thing about these year one these year one quests is that you just you could knock them out in a day really if you wanted to yeah 
I broke down, I think, all three of my murmurs to do this. <laughs> yeah. Uh, or I know at least one, at least one or two. Uh, but I had stockpiles of rare fusion rifles in my vault. Uh, and then the, we get to the fun part of your one quest that always asks you to task you with killing a ridiculous number of things. Uh, kill 200 enemies in mythic activities like a nightfall strike to obtain a stabilized prototype. Uh, so that is with a fusion rifle, by the way. You kill 200 enemies in a nightfall with a fusion rifle. It's not fun. Uh, Gold Garoth uh, was where I would do it. That that room where you had to do the three waves. Fogoth. Fogoth. Sorry, Cali. Yeah, Fogoth. Poor, poor, poor Fogoth. <laughs> that fight, Nobody uh, remembers that him. guy. Yeah, there were just so many ads in that second part there, and it was easy to do. So. Although I think I am going to call Fogoth Fogoroth. Yeah, Fogoroth. <laughs> nice. It would be awesome if they brought that strike back for a year or two and every once in a while it was Golgoroth down in that summoning pit instead of oh, man, crazy. <laughs> and then you did the raid and it was Golgoroth it was Fogoth instead of Golgoroth <laughs> there's not a room far enough away to hide from Fogoth though to kill him <laughs> the <laughs> rock <laughs> need that rock climb up into the ceiling in the back left hand side of the map uh <clears throat> So kill 200 enemies to obtain a stabilized prototype. The weapon is nearly ready. Bring the prototype to oh, to the gunsmith to detach the sensor. This is incorrect. So a final inspection. Bring the prototype to the gunsmith to obtain pocket infinity. And then he says to you, I present to you the pocket infinity. Because apparently that was the name that was in the blueprints that we used the Vex lemon juice to get out of the dead ghost that the speaker translated for us. Gross. I just thought of <laughs> strawberry lemon juice now. <laughs> they come in many flavors. But the, only the Gate Lord's lemon. He's a special edition. Uh, right. Yeah. Uh, It'll make sense now. <laughs> so this guy's gone through some changes since it first debuted. Uh, so originally, it's after charging up and firing a burst... If the trigger is held down, the length of the burst will be extended to fire the rest of the magazine at no additional charge until the trigger is released. Each shot after the initial burst will do less damage down to a minimum cap of about 60% at the fourth burst. So, uh, if you played with this thing in the Crucible in year one, that was OP as hell. <laughs> uh, because you could just melt things by unleashing the entire mag on people. Uh, it was nuts. Uh, later, the enhanced battery upgrade was replaced by Speed Reload, and on December first, two thousand fourteen, Speed yeah Speed Reload was replaced again, re-replaced with Extended Mag, uh, but the Extended Mag perk was changed from eight to five. Uh, this gun, this gun took some some pretty serious hits when the. Uh, When fusion rifles took their heavy hits, pocket infinity got uh, its stability is nothing. Like you, you pull the trigger once and you're aiming at the sky. It's like the fourth horseman of fusion rifles. Uh, pocket infinity sleeper simulant and the ACD zero feedback fence all have the Warmine logo present somewhere on them, uh, but it's unclear if they were all part of the Ikelos subroutine or the Valen Forge protocol like sleeper simulant was. 
with Pocket Infinity, that logo is not actually on the gun itself. It's the perk logo. Uh, and the cooling fans on the front of Pocket Infinity originally had, if you look at the concept art, they had logos on each of the little cooling fins. And it was the Seven, seven Seraphs logo that we do not find in-game all that often. Uh, so who the Seven Seraphs are, we still don't really know. They're Warmind-related. That logo was removed from this gun when it was introduced in the game. So whether that was stricken from its history uh, or remains some kind of weird sort of Easter egg secret, we don't really know. Uh, and then as Nightmare Ian notes, this used to be a god killer in the Crucible. Now it's the most inaccurate pre-charging ammo-consuming shotgun in the game. <laughs> so no love for, for Pocket Infinity. Which is unfortunate. Maybe if you can dual-wield Pocket Infinity and Sleeper and wear the feedback fence, you turn into a war set. I don't know. <laughs> But yeah, I don't. You never see this gun anymore anywhere. I don't see it. You don't see it in Crucible. You don't see people just like running around with it. It, it might as well not even exist anymore. It's kind of sad. It's a really cool looking fusion rifle. <clears throat> All right, two left. Uh, and if you were thinking that we left this one out of the sniper section, technically it's oh, yeah. not a sniper rifle. It is technically a fusion rifle. It has a charge time. It does. That is Queensbreaker's bow. Yeah, let's see. A reminder that while so few breakers remain, her majesty still stands. Uh, grimoire is... Queenbreaker was the label given to the fallen who first rose to betray the queen. Their coordinated attempt on her grace's life was quick and violent. Most of the Queenbreakers were eliminated, their line rifles taken as trophies. Some remain at large. Known as Queenbreaker's Bows, the very weapons once used in an effort to assassinate the Queen of the Reef are now prized possessions for Guardians, not only for their storied history, but for the chance to get their hands on fully functional fallen weaponry. It's a neat gun, too. It is. It seems like if you're going to assassinate the Queen of the Reef, you should maybe use a weapon that doesn't take a charge time. <laughs> She's going to sit in her chair and let you shoot her. Uh, so Queensbreaker's bow is pretty unique. Uh, it has, its perks are two different sights that change how the gun sort of handles. Uh, there's combat sights, which is a low zoom sight with a faster charge time uh, and an ability energy display. Then you can swap it over to marksman sights, which are long range sights with a slower charge time, greater damage and ammo and charge displays. Then the quest here is the same of as Lord of Wolves, which is the whole uh, Elder Cipher thing from year one. And Varix and all his sneakiness trying to become Kel of something. Uh, so you can follow along there, but let's talk about, before we go into any more details, let's talk about the Queen's Breakers. Uh, and we get most of our information about the Queen's Breakers from the Maraid, which is the story of the Queen and the Wolf sort of uprising and downfall. So these are your notes, uh, Sherb, so you can take these. Oh, okay. I was just I was just saying that they were reference the name Queen Breaker as a title, 
uh, is referenced in one of the Petra bounty things, uh, grimoire cards, saying wanted queen break of Vandal. Um, so these are the ones who were her guard. Uh, if you remember the like pre-House of Wolves cutscenes and stuff, which I do that cutscene a lot after the Eye of the Gate Lord, and she's got her... <laughs> because um, that's my best screenshot one um, she's got her fallen guard uh, so when Skolas, you know, did all his thing in House of Wolves and they revolted um, those are the ones that are queen breakers were the ones that were her personal guard uh, so I've just I'll just read briefly the wanted card at the beginning every sordid wolf that skulked out of the reef alive will become a trophy, a testament to the queen's wrath her, ju- her grace will see justice done then it has all the description of them. Um, don't know if there's much else I have to read there. Um, yep. Oh yeah. And there's, you. there's, yeah. I have some more notes down here. So there's also, yeah. uh, that's Queensbreaker's Vandal. There's also a wanted Queensbreaker Captain, uh, which sort of just sort of outlines, you know, treachery and treason for Queen of the Reef. Uh, there's no like over. I mean, it says they wear the name Queensbreaker like a badge of honor, but we'll show them that it is a stain, a target, an indelible mark for death. Uh, I think it's funny because Queenbreaker captains carry shock swords, not wire rifles. <laughs> yeah. Uh, and there's also uh, wanted Savix Queenbreaker, uh, and this is listed as the Maraid, Book Eight, Chapter Nine. Uh, the abstract here reads, Varix of the House of Judgment declared Queen Marisov the new Kell of Wolves and advised those captured at Cybele to serve her. The first among these to pledge their loyalty to the Queen was one called Savix, who was given the honor of serving the Queen's throne room to the right of the Queen herself. Uh, Savix would later be labeled Queen Breaker. And it says here that Book 9, Chapter 3 of the Maraid is actually called The Queen Breakers. So that's who the Queen Breakers are. And the the bow goes back to the Vandals, which I think that's listed in the card that you read there, uh, Sherb, where it says the weapon is their wire rifle. Yeah. It's lots of fun because it sounds ex- and looks exactly like a wire rifle shot, that sort of chew when you see the sort of arc thing going across. And it's really fun to mess with people if you're in a patrol with someone and you just start sniping at them from across the map and they're like who's shooting at me where are the fallen <laughs> especially if you're in the divide <laughs> so they're laughing yeah and you go yeah. up on top of that house for those two vandals only i those i think those are my two most hated enemies in the entire game are those two vandals <laughs> and it's just really fun to mess with people by shooting yeah. them when they think there's vandals <laughs> hi from the top <laughs> yeah yeah so it's one of our notes is that if Lord of Wolves is a pulse rifle shotgun, then Queen's Breaker uh, is a fusion sniper rifle. It's technically classified as a fusion rifle. Uh, so the marksman sights are a four times zoom, uh, and the combat sights are a two and a half X zoom. Uh, so the base zoom is 1.5, and marksman and combat sights providing a bonus zoom respectively, uh, because it's actually a fusion rifle. Anything, I mean, I don't, I see, I've seen this guy every once in a while in the Crucible, uh, but I rarely ever see it elsewhere. Like, I don't, I don't use it very often. It was, I think it was the first one that I actually got back when I did those year one quests. Uh, but 
No, rarely see it. Don't see it very often. Uh, so, but there's some people who swear by it. So, there you have mm. it. Queensbreaker bow. Introduced in House of Wolves. I don't know that this gun ever took any of the hits that the other fusion rifles did from uh, some of those fusion rifle nerfs. Uh, but I think every everybody plays this gun like it's a sniper rifle. Not, yeah. not like it's a fusion rifle. It's a sniper with a charge time. That's that's what it is. Yeah, for the most part. That brings us to our... Is this our last, last one? Yeah. Last fusion rifle. The... Tabesto. <laughs> that's right. <laughs> the uh, the needler. That's right. Also right. <laughs> Although I never liked shooting a needler in Halo, I love shooting. Oh, this I love to troll people with a needler in Halo. That was the best. <laughs> yeah, that well, was the best. Okay, now that's different. Like just using it to make people mad was great, but just like generally wanting to play with it, like no thanks. But that was great. Though. But that if you can get all those shots in, boom, explode. It's great. <laughs> all right. So, all right. Oh, yeah. Go ahead. Go. Vestiges of the Queen's Harbingers yet linger among Saturn's moons. That's the Harbingers. harbingers. Harbing. Sorry, man. Harbingers. <laughs> you're, you're a harbinger. <laughs> uh, apparently not, according to you earlier. Um, <laughs> you didn't hear us hard? Wow. Okay. <laughs> oh, wait. I heard that wrong. <laughs> Harbingers. Grimoire. Public Key 023629 DWS Regal. From PLDN. Paladin. Kamala. (laughs) Rior. Paladin Command. No, I'm not going to do that. Paladin CMD TF 5.3. Two. Acting Regent Petrovenge. There you go. Subject, SNR report, <laughs> Saturn 13. Had to do my Roman numeral math in my head. <laughs> <laughs> Expanded search of Saturn's nearby moons produced only one notable discovery. A cloud of harbinger, harbinger matter <laughs> collected. <laughs> now you got me screwed up. Harbinger matter collected around Saturn's 13th moon. Designation, Telesto. A sample is enclosed for your examination. Still no sign of primary objectives. Continued survey of the remaining 100,000 kilometers cubed of space is underway. But as Armada Paladin of the Awoken, it is my duty to officially recommend declaration of death of the following Paladin Yasmin Eld. Paladin Leona Brill. Paladin Abrazir. Paladin Pavel <laughs> Pavel Nald? What did I say wrong there? I just you just called Abrazir a Brazier. A Brazier. <laughs> hey, hey, hey. Um Tenchuan Shiro. Tenchuan Cedia. Man, why am I reading all these hard names? Go because it's funny. nobody else wanted to read it. Tech, yeah, was, no wonder I got I got duped. <laughs> Techie and Shiro, Techie and <laughs> Sadia, Techie and Kali, and Awoken Queen Marasov. Note no. that as acting Regent Commander, it is not your duty to actually declare these deaths at this time. Message ends. 
<laughs> that was a great grimoire reading. Love it. Nice. Good. We're, we're professionals. And done. Scene. Yeah, there you go. Scene. <laughs> All right. Uh, go ahead. Well, my opening note is that it's nice of the Awoken to use standard 20th century email formatting. So. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. To, from, subject line. This this is okay. Yeah. <laughs> this was the speaker carbon copied on it, CC'd on yeah, it. Carbon copy. Yeah. <laughs> um, it's just too bad we didn't get Petra's email address out of this. <laughs> oh yeah. Oh bummer. <laughs> Petra at the reef dot com. <laughs> <laughs> well, we know their public decryption key now, so. Um. <laughs> and then Cade and Banshee are all blind copied on it. <laughs> yeah. Um, Doesn't the 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 weapon, the vanguard weapon person, the weapon robot, uh, if you stand around them long enough, they complain that Cade sends them like emails with things that shouldn't be in them. Like they Cade spams the robots in the tower. Apparently, uh, I'll see if I can dig up the actual line. But yeah, they get really frustrated because Cade keeps sending them silly messages. That's funny. Uh. Can I can I just point out like the the actual definition of harbinger when thinking in the context of this gun the harbinger is a person or a thing that announces or signals the approach of something so it, it's like the forerunner to something and so <laughs> just thinking in the context of this gun you hear it fired Oh, it's it's the harbinger of that explosion. That's <laughs> <It's> correct. The... <laughs> nice. You're like, oh dear, <laughs> I'm dead. <laughs> yeah, uh, sorry, just putting that out there. <laughs> no problem. We have a, a pretty hefty list of names here. Uh, this message occurs after the battle over Saturn between the Dreadnought uh, and the Awoken forces. And the... The TLDR here is that Paladin Kamala Rior is sent to investigate and possibly try and find whatever's left, any survivors of the Reef fleet. And she is suggesting to Petra Venge uh, that an official declaration be made for the deaths of all these people. And this is a lot of high-ranking Awoken troops here. There's four Paladins, uh, three Techians, and the Queen herself. It's a pretty a severe beating that the Reef just took. Uh, I have the name Yasmin Eld highlighted here because it's commonly believed that the King's Fall raid weapon, the Defiance of Yasmin, is drawn directly from this, from uh, Yasmin Eld. But these names appear a lot. These names appear in the Maraid. All these paladins were heroes of the Reef Wars. Uh, you know, the Techians or the Tech Witches that are always with the Queen. Uh, they were on her flagship when when the queen released the harbingers against the uh the dreadnought so this is not this is a grim message although she's saying that doesn't necessarily have to declare publicly that all these people are dead but behind the scenes that this is like sort of the official report <clears throat> so grim grim grimoire entry Uh, two perks. Unplanned reprieve, which is just a... Come on, really? Uh, fusion projectiles attached and detonate with a delayed void blast. Uh, and as you noted here, Gabble, uh, it's a needler. 
Uh, also noted that these things will attach to anything, not just enemies. They'll you can stick them to walls. You can stick them to floating debris aboard the uh, what's that crucible map with the low gravity? Uh, oh, the drifter. Yes. I want to call it the derelict all the time. Uh, yeah, you can just like randomly shoot floating objects with <laughs> with Telesto, and when people run past, it blows them up. And then the second perk is Harbinger Spark. Multi-kills with this weapon spawn orbs for your allies. And by multi-kill, it just means double kills. Uh, the perk symbol is the Cassoid logo. This is the Harbinger Spark perk. Uh, same as Invective. Uh, and then you have a great note here, Gabble. Uh, going back to the Grimoire entry, a sample is enclosed for your examination Mm-hmm. So if that sample produced this weapon from the reef, does that potentially make Cassoid a reef foundry? Which just opens up questions about Invective and how a core Ray got it, given that people in the reef don't necessarily have the greatest opinion of Akora. Indeed. Mm-hmm. So that's... Yeah, That I mean, that, that opens... It opens quite a door, and not the one that Pocket Infinity opens. Uh, <laughs> <clears throat> all right, our Adrian again, designer of this weapon. Uh, this weapon is gorgeous, but I'm going to talk about that at the end here with my last note, and I apologize for it in advance. <clears throat> so, as mentioned in the Grimoire, Telesto is a moon of Saturn. Uh, it is also called Saturn 13, as they mentioned in the Grimoire entry, or it's also called Tethys B because um, it is a Trojan moon of Tethys, and a Trojan moon is a moon that shares the orbit of a planet or larger moon, uh, and in Telesto's case, it shares that orbit. It's paired with Calypso, and they both share an orbit with Tethys. So I don't think I need to go into these Langrarian points here uh, and talk about how they're 60 degrees ahead and behind of respective bodies it's astronomy stuff i'll put it in the show notes if you want to read about trojan moons uh and then you had this note way up at the top here earlier sherb about mm -hmm. telesto and mythology yes so uh in greek mythology telesto or telesto uh, which which means um success uh, was an Oceanid, one of the 3,000 daughters of the Titans Oceanus and Tethys. Uh, that's a names. lot of daughters. That is. Tethys. Yeah. Tethys also so, being that moon they orbit. So, Telesto in that context means success. Which is, I mean, what you'll get if you get to land all of these shots on someone. And <laughs> <laughs> success! Yeah. So, yeah. Just an interesting note. This gun's tough to use in the crucible because, like, if your if your goal is to get the uh, post mortem kills, man, just take Telesto into the crucible. Because oh, yeah. people will just charge you with the shotgun, and you'll hit them with all of them. They'll kill you, and then they'll just explode casually later. Uh, <laughs> so let's. I'm gonna mention something here. I mentioned the derelict earlier when I couldn't remember the name of the drifter. Uh, 
and we've talked about the Cassini derelict a lot. We talked about it during the Dead Orbit episode and a couple other places. Um, worth noting that the, the real-life Cassini probe uh, performed a flyby of the actual Telesto uh, in 2005, and it showed that the resulting uh, planetoid is relatively smooth and devoid of impact craters. Uh, it's an unusually smooth little moon. I can't believe I just said those words in a row. Uh, <laughs> so maybe that inspired the look of the gun. I don't know. The, I note the impact rating on Telesto is misleading because of unplanned reprieve since uh, the projectiles do initial damage based on that impact rating, but then the explosions are way stronger than what the bolts actually hit for. Then, of course, noted this weapon bears more than a few resemblances to the infamous Needler from Halo. Uh, and then this last note, I apologize for, but I... Every time I see Telesto, this is all I think of. Uh, it looks to me like Frieza's final form from Dragon Ball Z. <laughs> and in that classic sort of fight when when Goku's first fighting Frieza, Frieza has a move that's called Barrage Death Beam, where he fires basically pink lasers out of his fingers. That's kind of what Telesto does when you pull the trigger. So from now on, Telesto is Frieza. So enjoy that every time you see the gun from now on. But, yeah. yeah, this is a good-looking weapon. I remember when this was first revealed uh, in the game. No what? Nothing else looks like Telesto. It looks like a weapon that was designed by the Awoken. Mm-hmm. Oh, it's got that cool little purple glass, purple dome on the back. And it's all smooth and white and light gray and fires pink shots. Pink sparklers. So... That fun, fun weapon, and that wraps up uh, fusions, fusion rifles, mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. and now our newly categorized <laughs> special Danny section. <laughs> and we we mentioned this a lot because she, like I said, she's in our Slack chat now. Sent us some amazing emails, and if you're around her at all in the chat, the dregs promise emoji and. Her mentioning how awesome it is will also come up. <laughs> so she, yeah. she loves this gun as much as she described in that email. And uh, so this is this is Danny's pro uh, Dreg's promise. <laughs> I am a Marvel with 10,000 arms. I think Sherb has to read this Grimoire entry. I think she promised. Oh, okay, yeah. Oh, yeah. Um, well, I would just... Just on that note of I'm a Marvel with 10,000 arms before I get to the Grimoire, um, that that re that line is from Ghost Fragment Fallen 2 uh, at the end where it's just like the dreg categorizing what he's found and at the end it says, I am what no one else knows and now I am a Marvel with 10,000 arms. So I think that's where the, the line is from. Um, so the Grimoire says, There is a story old as time of he who could catch the stars. Unnamed and eternal, the star catcher would lead the fallen, rising from the lowest station to the highest exalted peaks. It is a fairy tale allowed to persist, persist by the forearmed to keep the docked hopeful, placated, even the low may one day ascend. Myth, fairy tale, or prophecy of what will be, it's best not to take chances. 
After all, one can't reach across the black to claim dominion over ten thousand stars with ten thousand arms if they die here and now with only two. <laughs> and now we have an alternate entry. Oh, do you want me to read that? Uh, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> it's just the beginning half of it. I rewrote for Danny. There is a story old as time of she who could catch the stars. Named Danny the Eternal, the star catcher would lead the crucible, rising from the lowest KD to the highest ELO. It is a fairy tale allowed to persist by the rest of the Slack chat to keep Danny hopeful, placated. <laughs> Even Dreg's promise may one day be the meta. <laughs> <laughs> oh, so good. Oh, that's awesome. <laughs> All right. So this is to historically this is a sidearm. This is an exotic sidearm and the only one in the game. Uh sidearms were introduced with House of Wolves. Uh the perk is shock rounds, high ricochet shock rounds with enhanced target acquisition, but they weren't always enhanced. <laughs> they were in fact not that great. Uh but yeah, they added more aggressive tracking in the April update. Uh, and is that only when looking down sights, or is that always? I'm not sure. I don't know. Mm. Uh, and it has a hidden perk, so the if you select aggressive, aggressive ballistics, uh, you can increase Dreg's promise damage output by 15% rather than the normal 10 that aggressive ballistics offers. Uh, the original quest was the same as uh, Queen Breaker's Bow and Lord of Wolves, which is the Elder Cipher. Uh, Ryan Demita designed this weapon. I mean, I'm not sure if Ryan designed all the fallen weapons. Uh, if so, then we could probably give him credit for Queen's Breaker and Lord of Wolves. But uh, I found a listing specifically for this to Ryan. So, and then some fun notes here. Uh, so the Grimoire entry really here is the story, basically a story that even a dreg might one day rise to become Kell of Kells. Uh, and it's interesting that they have this phrase, sort of the star catcher, which is a term we don't hear anywhere else in the Grimoire when talking about the Kell of Kells. Uh, it's only named here in Dreg's Promise. Uh, it reminds and- me of... Um- uh, the Book of Sorrows, Books of Sorrow, whatever. Um, <laughs> it reminds me of um, the the bait, the bait stars and all that, catching them. Not that there's a connection there. That just what it reminds me of. It's, I think that's the only other time there's mention of collecting stars like that. Yeah. Anyway, sorry, no uh, connection there. Continue, move along. All right, well... <laughs> So I did a lot of well, I did a lot of searching on the ten thousand arms thing. Uh, I knew where it originally sort of came from, but then I started digging to see if I could find any kind of weird references. So there's a whole bunch of weird references I found. Uh, for, yeah. Also note Danny's favorite gun. Uh, there's a Yu-Gi-Oh card <laughs> called Manchu of the Ten Thousand Hands. Uh, I don't play Yu-Gi-Oh. I never did. I kind of watch the show sometimes, but if you're familiar with Yu-Gi-Oh, I guess maybe put this card in your deck. I don't know. Uh, there is an old PS2 game, though, called Thousand Arms. Uh, and the general description of this game as given is, the game's main antagonist is Medius, the Dark Emperor, 
He is the ancient ruler of the Clan of Darkness and transformed his body into a machine in order to live long enough to find the Holy Flames of the Light, which he believes will allow him to become a god. Uh, man, I would love to imagine that the story of Thousand Arms, I remember when Thousand Arms came out, uh, but I would love to imagine that that plays a little bit into this sort of like weird Dreg's Promise thing, or at least somebody on the Bungie team is a fan of Thousand Arms and thought that would be a cool reference to make. I don't think that it is. Uh, <laughs> uh, but it's cool to think about. I mean, transform this body into a machine is something we know the Fallen do. Uh, and they're divided into houses, not clans, but and they're kind of of the darkness. And the holy flame of light could be the traveler, and that's the fallen are looking for. I'm man, I'm stretching this real far. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> I said nothing. Uh, the rest of these, so the real reference here, I think, when concerning uh, ten thousand arms or a thousand arms, this goes to like the sutra uh, and even the the Gosho a bit. Uh, and I, I talked about this when they first talked about Rise of Iron and sort of Siva and the reference to Shiva and then the Thousand Arms. Uh, but I'll go through some of these a little bit. Uh, so book three of the Gosho has a passage that says the Lotus Sutra is a parent with 10,000 arms. And that's in reference to the ability to rescue or save children uh, and I think in the Gosho it's if a house is on fire apparent you, know, you can only save two children because you only have two arms uh, but the Lotus Sutra is apparent with 10,000 arms meaning that it can save 10,000 people uh, or 10,000 children it can offer that much protection so in relation to sort of the ascension of a simple dreg to the Kel of Kells is similar along those lines where the Kel, especially the Kel of Kells, does represent this sort of uh, like cosmic parent with 10,000 arms who can protect all its children. Like that's the whole point of the Kel of Kells is to bring all the houses beneath it to, to offer it leadership and protection. Uh, so whether it's there as from the Gosho or it's there from the Surangama Sutra, uh, which also makes mention of this, uh, and that is from the one of the first inconceivable absolute virtues uh, along the supreme path. Uh, and I'll just skip right to that part where it is. <clears throat> I can appear with 1, 3, 5, 7, 9, 11, up to 108, 1,000, 10,000, 84,000 sovereign faces. And 2, 4, 6, 8, 10, 12, 14, 16, 18, 20, 24, and up to 108. A thousand, ten thousand arms, making various gestures, <clears throat> uh, and that is all in reference to uh, absolute wisdom to save and protect living beings, so they can enjoy great freedom. Again, very much related to sort of the role of the Kell of Kells and that prophesized role. Uh, and then there's the this last story here, man. I'm. I'm hesitant to even read this because I'm going to butcher this name so badly, and I don't want to. <laughs> uh, a Volo Kitsavera? I don't know. Uh, I could say Bahodisattva. Uh, <laughs> uh, so one prominent Buddhist theory tells uh, of 
God, this name again. Sorry. Avola Katsavara. <laughs> Vowing never to rest until he had freed all sentient beings from the samsara. Despite strenuous effort, he realizes that he that still many unhappy beings were yet to be saved. After struggling to comprehend the needs of so many, his head splits into eleven pieces. <clears throat> Amitahaba, seeing his plight, gives him eleven heads with which to hear the cries of the suffering. Upon hearing these cries and comprehending them, uh, Avolo Kitsavera attempts to reach out to all of those who need aid, but found that his two arms shattered into pieces. Once more, <clears throat> Amitahaba comes to his aid and invests in him a thousand arms with it, with which to aid these suffering multitudes. Uh, so again, just linked to the desire to save or protect uh, the multitudes. Again, very similar to the role of Kell of Kells. And while the wording isn't exactly the same, I really believe that this is sort of the influence for the Marvel with 10,000 arms comment. Uh, yeah, so a lot of Sutra and Indian mythology. This is a lot of uh, Hindu and Indian mythology. I, I mean, I like it. I like it as a reference. I think it it fits well with the fallen, and I think it fits well mm -hmm. with this sort of like prophecy and fairy tale that, or myth, and even in House of Wolves, they talk about the Kell of Kells being more of a myth than an actual thing. Uh, and then you know, Skolas may have been tricked into believing that he was that thing, but whatever his intentions are, I mean, his goal, he really did want to unite the fallen uh, under one banner and sort of offer them leadership and protection. So all fits in rather nicely with this. <laughs> For sure. I think it's going to be Randall the Vandal. It's going to be Kill of Kills. <laughs> <laughs> I think he probably already is. We just don't know. <laughs> just been, oh, we know. He's been hiding out in that cave. <laughs> with, that, <laughs> with that one shank. <laughs> Hank. <laughs> Hank, Hank the, the shank. shank. That's right. Uh, we did it. All right. We did it. That's that's every Our exotic special in the game. <sighs> <laughs> Don't want a heavies next. Yep. Well, that's going to be so good. It is, I'm looking, man, I'm looking forward to it. I started with heavies when I started these notes. Uh, as you can tell by length, the length of just the Thunderlord entry. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. wow. oh my goodness it's like two uh, pages <laughs> yeah but i cannot wait to talk about thunderlord and gallerhorn and yes we'll say it properly at some point and we'll say yallerhorn but it sounds better with a g <laughs> and we'll talk about physio cruz and victor lomar and all these dudes who are making all these rocket launchers and then we'll talk about swords which are my favorite things in the entire game Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. But that's next time? Question mark. You'll have to find out next time. Yes, they will. Uh, anyway, uh, as always, if we covered something and we missed something, uh, man, tweet at me. Jump in the Slack chat. Let me know that I missed something if I was completely off on one of these. One of the interesting things about doing this exotic series is that everybody has their favorite exotics. So there are exotics that I don't spend a lot of time with that other people have spent a ton of time with. Uh, and maybe they know these things inside and out. Like It was even difficult putting together notes for Zen Meteor because I think we're all Xbox players. 
Uh, So it's not like any of us have had a long time to run around and mess around with with Zen Meteor. You know, a lot of times I'll take these weapons into the game and I'll look at their models in-game, but on my preferred platform, I can't even do that with Zen Meteor, so... So if you're running around with Zen Meteor and I missed something, let me know. And also, um, if you've got any comments, uh, you can send them that way. Uh, you can send them to us through either either Twitter or our email, which is destinyghoststories at gmail.com. Um, but when you do it, don't be a jerk about it. <laughs> yes. Because that, to be that seems to be kind of a running thing. It's like, I mean... We want you to tell us these things, and we're gonna thank you for it, and give you credit for it on air. Uh, so yeah, don't uh, don't be like, ah, you guys are so dumb, because I feel like that's what we we see sometimes, and it's not like we're. I mean, you know, there's a lot that goes into this, and and Drop does an amazing job, but yeah, there's gonna be things that that he's been staring at for for two hours that just don't make it in. That you know, it just it's sometimes you just miss stuff or. or or misspeak and and that happens to us all so be nice send us some some uh some love and some messages and let us know what you what you think uh and you can still go out to itunes or to i guess google play i I don't even know if google play has like a a commenting section or not i haven't spent much time there since i'm i'm a i'm a more of an apple guy but i'm gonna try to find out if there's (laughs) comments over there but yeah send us i mean you can we actually got an exotic story um, review on on iTunes, uh, so they they give us a review and then proceeded with their exotic story. We'll have to I'll have to grab that one next time. I think it just came through the past day or so. So, but yeah, I mean that's one of the best parts about doing the show, right? Is that we'll sit here and we'll talk about this stuff, and then there's somebody out there who's had a completely different experience or noticed something completely differently. Uh, and they're able to chime in and send their away. And yeah, I'll just add it to the corrections or at, at the beginning of the next show. Uh, also, a huge thanks to uh, to Nightmare Ian from our Slack chat who put together a, an awesome document for me outlining some of the crucible uses for the weapons that we talked about. Uh, I don't take fusion rifles into the crucible very often. I even go into the crucible very often. So having a different kind of perspective on some of these weapons was hugely helpful. Well, I guess All right. that brings us to the end of another close to, well, not quite three hours, but but pretty close. And we know how everyone loves those long ones, except for, like, that one guy. Um, <laughs> but, uh, but no, I mean, and, and, yeah, do yourself a favor. If, you, if, you, if it's too much for you, listen in moderation. You don't have to take it in all at once. Man, did I just say all that at the same time? Yeah. Oh, <laughs> brother. Also, in that last note about here, I'm going to say this now because what's going to happen is somebody's going to point it out to me on Twitter, and I'm going to tell them that they should go hide out in Fort Asshole. Uh, <laughs> uh, yeah, so Samsara, which I mentioned in the last entry for Dreg's Promise, uh, that word came up. That is also a line of warlock armor. So there. Yeah. Snap. There, I didn't miss it. Oh, I'm sure you missed something, though. We'll find out soon enough. <laughs> so, well, I hope you guys enjoyed this. It's been been a fun one. Uh, can't wait for the next episode and then for the for the exotic heavies. 
So, should be spoilers. Should, what? What? <laughs> I didn't say anything. Actually, I don't know what. I don't you know said. what I said either. You can't wait for the next episode, and then exactly. So, what's our next episode? Are you? I didn't say that. Did I? Oh, I might have said it. I don't, I don't rewind know. it. Listen, I guess. Was... <laughs> <laughs> now we gotta wait till it releases because I don't remember. But uh, but yeah, man. Oh, this is this has been so much fun. This was a great episode, and and uh, fun to hear Sherb talk, and hopefully uh, sound much better than last week. So. Yep. Yep. <laughs> I know. I listened to the episode last week. Not all of it. I listened to my. I was sitting there like, oh, it sounds so awful. My audio is so bad. It was. It was <laughs> tough. It was a. It was a give and take between the super loud fan on your laptop. Airplane. Yeah, it sounded like the a airplane in the room with you. That I mean, it was. It. It was. <laughs> He's a secret, guys. I'm a pilot. I was trying to land a plane at the same time as recording. <laughs> But uh, no, I mean it was so. Just so everybody knows, she was she was recording on her laptop. Uh, you know, like I said, kind of last minute, and using the onboard yeah. mic, which is apparently next which to the is, cooling fan, which is powered by a jet engine. So it's not even; it just picks up everything it did, in existence. Yeah, it was, and it was rough. So me being the uh, sound genius, which I'm not. Um, I was able to get rid of that sound, but it destroyed her voice. So it was a, it was either the headache-inducing hum throughout the entire episode, or some rough audio patches when she spoke. So I, I chose the latter and tried to try to do my best. So that yeah. one's on me. Um, you did really well, XR. Yeah, I, I, I tried. <laughs> it's, it's all me. But, hope, but <laughs> I, I'm looking forward to this one. It should be a lot cleaner, and, and so yeah, hopefully. thanks for dealing with us. That's it. Exotic specials in the bag. And mm-hmm. we will be speaking to you soon. So thanks thanks for joining us. Good night. Indeed. Have a good night. Yeah, bye.